How did, how did you come back to making that call and saying, okay, shit, I can't do this anymore? Because that wouldn't have been easy. I remember being at work one day and it'd been a little period of time where it was the off season and, again, we were planning to go to race in Darwin. Yeah. It's not cheap. Like it was going to cost like tens of thousands of dollars to go racing. Mm. And it was like we're about to book everything. And I was just like, I need to I need to get kind of something off my chest here. And it was like I don't want to say what I have to say. Mm. But I remember sending a message to mum and dad, like in a group message, just mm. kind of spilling my heart out saying, hey, like I, I hate to let you down. And and there's a lot of sponsors and stuff involved. And, and yeah. I, I was involved with like doing a lot of that with Valvoline and Hog's Breath. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, you had a full professional Yeah, like we, we were, yeah. like there was a, you know, I put as much as I could into it. I would go to the gym or, you know, like. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to On the Couch with Hooli. This is Australia's number one motorsports podcast, where we interview motorsport personalities from all sides of the track, both locally and internationally. Whether it's two or four wheels, flat or dirt tracks, we get to know their stories. Hang on, Hawley. I just want to point out some key information for our listeners. What makes this podcast different is your host, Hooli, is a racing champion himself. That's definitely true. I ask the questions others might miss who don't have the experience behind the wheel. And a big kicker that makes us so different from the others is we're not here to get the latest headlines. Yes, we cannot emphasise that enough. We want to hear stories, lessons learned, challenges faced, the highs and lows, but we don't want to bully, pester or in general be assholes to our guests. Well, that's enough from us, so let's get into it and hear it from our next guest, Beyond the Helmet. On today's episode of On the Couch with Hooli, we've got Sprinker Hub's very own Toby Bell Bowen. Not many of you know, but I used to race carts with him back when we were kids, so we've got a lot to catch up on. The son of the rocket man Rod Bell Bowen, Toby was always a knack for going fast, but after an eye injury, he was forced to stop racing. We learn how Toby turned his life around, reinvented his career in Speedway, and the result being a very slick and successful Sprinker Hub media business. Anyway, that's enough from me, so let's hear it from the man himself, Toby Bell Bowen. I saw his stuff and it said like uh, an hour and a half or two hours, and I was like, all right, now I know. Yeah. I didn't know if it's like four hours, like Gypsy Tales, some of those are, or like oh, a Joe oh, Rogan. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about it and I said to Dan, they've got to get like a toilet break and something in between <laughs> there because come on, I said, I, I'm not the type of person who can sit for four hours. Like yeah. I can talk, but like, I need a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you right for toilet, by the way? Yeah, I should be sweet. Yeah, sweet. Okay. <laughs> sometimes I've had, sometimes I've had literally like, Guests turn up and they, we get, stuff they up sit though. down. Yeah, true. <laughs> they sit down. They're like, "Oh, should I go to?" I'm like, "Oh, fuck! We just we went into a conversation." I know, but then we stuffed up. We should have said that at the start, but we were so excited, and then we just trot down here, and then they're like, "I need the toilet," thinking it's somewhere around here, and we're like, "Oh crap! Hang on." <laughs> By the way, I just ordered that prime drink. You know the prime. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I got. I pull into like Brookoys because oh, she's gosh. like, she's like, stop ordering shit off the internet, like you know, like that new stuff. <laughs> so I saw it today and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for Prime to come in. And I'm like, oh. You've been obsessed with Impulsive. That's why it, that's, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm obsessed with like Logan Paul because he's yeah. done his podcast and stuff like that. Yeah. I've seen stuff on uh, social media, but I honestly don't follow a lot of it. Like even you guys would know when you're done doing what you're trying to do, yep. you're just like, I still need to be Dan and Brooke as yeah. well. Like I need yeah. to like step away from 
like I need to live life as well. You got stuff to do. Yeah. And when I see like spring car podcasts and stuff pop up, unless I'm like, I really like, like that guy or, mm. or yeah. really am interested to hear what they're talking about. If it's just like, Oh, and, and you know, it could be with mine even, mm. you know, unless it's something that's, um, you know, if it's just, Oh, we interviewed this guy on the weekend. It was like, unless something crazy happened with him lately, I'll yeah. be like, I just don't have the time. And yeah. that's, and yeah. that's my own thing, you know, yeah. as well. I can't just interview someone for the sake of it. I need to have an angle and I've seen it with some of your titles and stuff. And that's mm. what I try and do. Yeah. I interviewed uh Sheldon Hordenshield in, I forget. Was it December, January? I can't yeah. remember. Yep. I think it was December. And I needed to put it at an angle that was people want to click on this. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? If you just say like interview with Sheldon Hordenschild, it's yeah. like, well, you know, yeah. a couple thousand views. And then the way I marketed it was like got like 30,000 plus views in a week. And I was like, all right, yeah. that's worthwhile, you know, without it being clickbait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting though that you've had like you've – these guys that you're interviewing now, you, you race them back in like a Parramatta. Do they have, have they come back to here and been like, what's the whole sprint car scene like now with Parramatta gone? Like, cause I know most, most of them are now just like Brad Sweet went to the WA team. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, did, did they, did they ever talk to you? Cause now Parramatta's disappeared and you're like a essential to Parramatta back then or not really? Or do they just move on? Yeah. I mean, a lot of drivers, I guess, wonder what's going on. Yeah. A, a lot of people are out of the loop as well. Mm. Um, you know, they would have seen on social media. That's the beauty of social media, I guess, that things have kind of been explained for them, but it's a bit hard for them. A lot of the American drivers coming over rely on those tracks to be around, especially we don't have tracks everywhere all over the country. So they're usually based somewhere. So Carson Cedar yeah. may be based at Parramatta. So mm. for that track to be taken away, it's like, hey, that's uh that's a place where I earn my income. What's <laughs> what's yeah. going on with that? So um, but I mean, and then obviously the locals and stuff like that all, all know what's going on for the most part, I guess. Doesn't Sean Dyson have two, does he have two teams? Does he have a California team and a Sydney based team? Or is that just like a one-off thing that he did with? I think it's changed over the years. He's got, he did a one-off thing once with, uh, that he was involved with, with, I think, uh, it was it Willie Kane. I forget. Uh, he was part of a deal over there. He's part of, I mean, he's pretty tight with the Tarleton. So Tarleton, Tarleton's up in California, uh, Tommy Tarleton and his old man, Tom Tarleton, mm. uh, they've got this huge black workshop in, yeah. uh, in California and it, it looks like the Batcave or something <laughs> like that. And, uh, it's sick. Like they've got some cool gear and they've, they're obviously, uh, very wealthy yeah. and Carson's mum is, is the relation to the Tarleton's. I, I've, yeah. I'll get it wrong. I have had it explained to me before, but basically Carson is related to the Tartans, both both yeah, Carson okay. and Cole. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's um that's the connection there. But ever since Carson came over and raced, I raced in California in twenty fifteen and met Carson. And then he came over at the end of fifteen to race and the deal that he was part of kind of fell apart halfway through him racing here. Yeah. Uh, from memory and then that's how Sean got involved with Carson. And then ever since then, Sean and Carson have been very like, tight. Yeah. And Sean's obviously tight with the Tartans as well. So yeah. that's how. What was the team that, that, that Carson was trying to get with before though in, in Australia? Do you know? In Australia? Yeah. Uh, it was a Queensland based team. It had uh, actually a sponsor of mine in the end, uh, Eagle Silicon Ignition Leads there in yeah. Penrith. Yeah. Uh, you probably I seen remember that maybe, on your car. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. would have seen some of their stuff. Well, it was funny because I met Carson in, in California in 2015 when I raced there and 
uh, I said, hey, man, if you're coming out, obviously he'd won an outlaw race the year before. Yeah. And I said, hey, if you're coming out, let me know, like, someone offers you a ride or something and I'd love to, like, say, yeah, that's that's really good or, hey, step away from that, don't get involved. And yeah, I remember he messaged me on one of the social media platforms and said, hey, these guys contacted me and sent me a photo and I'm like – I can see that photo is from Parramatta. Yeah. And I've never seen that car in my life. Like I don't oh, even with Dyson's car. No, no, no. Oh, it was oh, the, yeah, the original yeah, car he was yeah. he was getting into. And I was like, man, I actually can't believe I've never noticed this car. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what to say to you. But yeah. um It was I mean, kind of like a start and park kind of car, was it? Just well, like I don't backpack? know. I just I think they hadn't done a lot of racing. Yeah. Uh, it was a Queensland based car. Um I don't want to speak out of school of, yeah. of who it was or whatever, but um, yeah, I was like, man, I, I wish I could help you out because yeah. <laughs> I, like I offered, but I, I couldn't really, but he did come over and, and race with them. And I think for whatever reason, it just didn't work out. It wasn't, I don't think it was, it wasn't going great, but I think it was just smarter to get into something else. And then Sean was around at the time. I think this is how it worked out. And, um, again, I don't know the exact story, but, uh, I think by the end of it, uh, Carson was actually racing, I think, Sean's car mm. while he was over here. He'd actually messaged me and said, hey, do you have a, a car? Maybe I could drive while I'm over here and stuff. And I was like, honestly, we've got gear, but we're not set up to have a second car right now and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that I don't um, begrudge like him <laughs> asking because, yeah. I mean, that's what drivers do. They're going to need to be racing and, and, and get into something while they're here. Yeah. Oh, Brooke and I were watching the classic the other week when you were there. Yeah. Like the, I was, I was trying to explain the Americans and the Australians, like in the way who, who, who recently, who recently, who won the classic, just kind of a bit of a mental blank. Who won here. the classic? Hello. Brock Hallett. Brock yeah. Hallett, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Brad Hallett. Yeah, Brock Hallett that's won. Right. And it was, you were talking about Sheldon Horden, child. That's what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. And the way he won, like it's just, you were, you were taking like videos and like media all before that race, like mm-hmm. how they dug up the track. And Brooke was like, are you sure it's all good? Does that normally happen though? Like at most tracks for like a big event, like the Knoxville Nationals, will they dig up the track and then go again? Oh, yeah. 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 It's it's prepping the track. Like yeah. the yeah. track is clay. Mm. Uh, obviously there's different types of surfaces and, and additives that are in the racetrack, but the, there's so many factors. This is a lot of what we talk about on Sprinker Hub and when I'm at the track, um, you know, if I'm doing commentary and stuff, is there are so many factors with speedway racing uh, that contribute to the track changing over the period of just a single night. Yeah, You've got how many cars are on the racetrack, the quality of cars, the types of classes. You've got the weather, like wind, mm. uh, the sunlight, uh, how long sun is out there, like how, the temperature, obviously, humidity, um, what they've done to prepare the racetrack. So basically throughout the night, you just know you're going to lose moisture at the very start of an Australian season and the very end it's obviously cold because you're uh, you're bookending what is the summer months mm. and you're getting, uh, yeah, and it's a lot colder around, the, you know, the winter period. So the track's not wearing out as much, but in the middle of January mm. or when the classic's on is literally the middle of summer yeah. and you're at a town in Warrnambool which has a lot of wind coming off the ocean, a bit close like you guys are yeah. a little bit to the ocean. Oh, uh, so it's like it's near the ocean. I oh, yeah, idea. yeah. Warnable's yeah, right near near the yeah, water right. there. So I mean, it's a town that's on the water. So yeah, um, the track itself is a little bit away, but it's in a town that's on the water, a bit like you guys again, where you're situated here. But uh, yeah, all those factors uh, majorly influence how the track um, 
changes and it happens at every racetrack. Usually you shouldn't have to work the racetrack, but in those extreme conditions, like there's a lot of cars, a lot of wind, a lot of heat, three nights of racing. So back to back nights of racing, wearing out the racetrack. Sorry, are they close enough as well that the salt hits from the ocean, the tracks, impacts it at all? Or is it no, no, it's just more winds? One thing they get down there, yeah, the wind, uh, I mean, it's not something that people talk about a lot, the wind, but it's something that I like to bring up because you can tell um, that that majorly influences how how the track evolves throughout the night and yeah. they get one thing they talk about is sea mist yeah they yeah. kick on it's just like really light rain that they yeah. get <laughs> and it's just forever a thing in warnable that yeah. like will have a delay in warnable and you're like all right it's the sea mist again that the yeah. commentators kind of have a bit of a joke about but um yeah so that is totally normal that they have to work the track during the night if they don't work the track the track packs down so hard and all the moisture is taken out of the racetrack that you've then got this hard surface and then you've got the cars going out on there and what we call laying rubber and the rubber actually sticks to the racetrack. Yeah. So the tyre tread, the blocks completely worn off, the tyres are down to their canvas and go bald. Mm. And then you've got all this rubber on top of this hard, it looks like an asphalt racetrack really. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> and you'll walk out there. I remember as a kid walking out and I was like tap, tap on the ground and I'm like, oh, once all the dirt's gone, it's just a road yeah. base. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, that's not it at all. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> a layer of, of rubber uh, yeah. down and basically the, the racing is terrible then yeah. when, you, when you lay rubber. You can't pass. It's a bit of a, a Is that why train. they all go down to the bottom? Yeah, so basically uh, as you're wearing a groove into the racetrack yeah. of, or a layer of rubber and the car becomes driving just like a go-kart. You just drive with the front and, and keep it as straight as possible yeah. and reduce wheel spin. The tyres are getting hot, so then obviously the tyres are getting worn down. You've got the wear on the tyres um, and that's when guys start to blow tires, like rip them apart. So that's also an issue. So basically what they're doing is you would have seen, it would have been a really late night. What Did you watch yeah. the whole classic? Yeah, we watched yeah. the whole classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was it 2, 3 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's addictive. You can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Brooke's more addicted to, to what you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? What, what, what you what, where, where, where can you get more sprint car people on than speedway people? Because it's yeah. just, so it's kind of fun. It's kind of, it's also like in a way in the motorsports scene to, the tar people, it's kind of like an untapped market. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. it's like, it's so interesting. Like yeah. what, what I was wrapped with is like when it was on national TV with, you know, before the national title. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. I thought that was great. And back in the day when you were racing and your brother was racing, it was on like Fox sports with David Tapp and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's what, it, that's what brought me to sprint car racing. Do you know what I mean? Man, sprint car racing is so cool Yeah, that it just needs to be shown. Really? Yeah. It's like, you see, you're you're interested in supercars and yeah. NASCAR and all that sort of stuff because it's there, shoved yeah. in front of your face. Sprint car racing is like this best kept secret. Trust me, it's awesome, man. Yeah. And there's so much like explaining all this stuff to me is way more interesting than I guess these guys who are racing on tar. And again, no offense or anything like that, yeah. but it's like I guess they're all kind of wanting to get to that next level if they're not already there. Yeah, and it's like when you talk to sprint car guys, they're already there. Yeah. They're already involved, yeah. you know. They're yeah. they're not. I guess I don't know bitter about it. Yeah. So <laughs> we're happy to talk about sprint car racing. See, for me, I always want to be a sprint car. That's why I came to Parramatta Speedway all the time. Just yeah, I remember seeing it. Yeah, like, I was yeah. like addicted to it. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much why. But yeah. my parents, because Jeff's like a Porsche racer and stuff like yeah. that, they've always been like a tar person. I did the legend car for a bit too, but yeah, I I wanted to do sprint cars, but I just didn't have like the facilities and the like because I live in the city. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. For you, for a sprint car team, for 
anyone who's trying to get in it, you, you more so need like either to lease a ride or how do you, how do you actually get involved in like this? There's literally nothing stopping you from getting into a sprint car. If you want to race a sprint car tomorrow night, yeah. either of you, yeah, you could. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's kind of a good and a bad thing. I yeah. love about sprint car racing that a 16-year-old kid in his first ever drive in a sprint car yeah. could be racing against 60-year-old Steve Kinzer yeah. in a heat race. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is the coolest yeah. thing ever. I think of any sport, you're not going to get, I don't know, some kid, a 16 year old in a go-kart race against some formula one star. The only you know, time the- you'll get that, that is in formula Ford. So when Dan yeah. raced about this 12 hour, there was the 16 year old kids who were winning it. Yeah. But then there was like Richard Tarling from the uh, UK uh-huh. and yeah. he's been at the top of the game in F3 and that, but he's raced with Jensen Button and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. In, in in the UK, yeah. the Formula Fords, like your F1 drivers will come back yeah. and race all of those guys, mm. but it's big in the UK, we find. And elsewhere, Formula but not Ford here. over in the UK because they don't have sprint cars is, yeah. is kind of their, I guess, it, their alternative it kinda, it's, it's this category that's getting pushed away, which is ridiculous because that's where they learn yeah. the craft to go to supercars. Yeah. Mm. Or and that F1 would only be the only thing that's close to that, sprint cars. Well, that's what I was going to say. The only big difference there, I would say, is that that's guys kind of coming back to their roots. Yeah. When yes, sprint car true. racing is literally... Literally the guy in his prime. Yes. In yes. the in the class and the car and at the race that he's paid to win that weekend. Yeah. You know, that that is, you know, yeah. that's his bread and butter. Yeah. And a kid that's yeah. you know doing it for the first time. There's nothing stopping yeah. those guys racing together. Yeah. And it's a good and a bad thing, you yeah. know. So it's it's um yeah, it, races can get pretty hairy. Does, does this does the Kinzers help because of um Michaela help Marcus and Matt or Marcus? Anyway, do they help at all or just in the American scene when he goes over there? I think when Michaela goes over to the States to, uh, I think she's still with, with Craig Kinzer, mm. uh, then it just makes sense that if Marcus or Matt or whoever's, you know, from her family is racing, yeah. uh, if they're around or doing the same races, then they'll, it's, it's pretty normal. Like um, they'll share some equipment or a shop or something like that. Mm. So um, I think that's kind of. Just how that works. I know when they were, for example, the merchandise trailer. Marcus was obviously the this past season the current Australian Sprint Car champion. So yeah, it was cool that all of his merchandise could be sold at the racetrack. I remember at Knoxville, uh, we actually put some of our Sprint Car Hub uh, decal packs uh, at Craig Kinzer's trailer, and Marcus's and stuff was being sold with yeah. Craig's at you know because Michaela yeah. sells all that stuff for the trailer. So little little things like that, the logistics of it all just make it so much simpler. Yeah. Do you reckon having like your stuff at the track helps like distribute your brand now, like to get like more subscribers and stuff like that, like being at the track, like us being at the 12 hour, for example? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Being at the events, uh, I guess doing uh, clips or whatever uh, content mm-hmm. on a current event obviously helps on social media. If it's something like if I spoke about the classic this weekend, mm. uh, you'd be like, Hey, that was like a month ago. You yeah, know, I don't yeah, care yeah. about it anymore. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? yeah. So being there in the moment doing stuff. And again, what Sprinker hub uh, was all about or is mm. all about is providing unique content. I saw who won. I saw this, I saw that go yeah. ask a question or show me some footage or get some content of something unique that we didn't get in the broadcast. So that's, that's what that's about. So being a part of the event for sure, but also we have a lot of promotional stuff that, uh, a bit like you, you're a team of two from what I'm, from what I know where (laughs) I got my buddy, Matt, that helps me. And we're just you two. 
Yeah, 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 and okay. when you know, as much as people, I, I get a lot of comments. You know, great job by your team or something. Yeah. And you're like, there's us. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like we, should, we just showed you the entire team. It, there'll be a photo of us too, and you're like, nah, it's just me and my buddy. So, um, I that's honestly the biggest problem. You guys might find that. Mm. Um, maybe imagine what a lot of what you're doing was actually going to events. Yeah, you would probably find that you need more help on the day, whereas. Yeah. If it's this podcast and it's going to go out in a week or two, mm. you're like, hey, we can, between two of us, it's all good. You know, yeah. like I do the videos at home by myself when I'm interviewing someone online and that's all done by me because I can, I mean, I can get it out that night and I have done that or I can get it out in a week's time or something like that. That's okay. So you don't feel you don't feel like the anxiety to come through to push it out as fast as possible? Oh, I definitely way. want to. Oh, but okay. I think you've got to, that's all about marketing as well. Mm. So if I did an interview on a Monday or a Tuesday, whether it's the morning with an American or a Tuesday night with an Aussie guy or something, is, is that night going to be the ideal time to put it out or can I build up some hype about it? Again, I like to do a little bit of a maybe a promo about it and go, oh, like get people interested and think, oh, I've got to check this out when it goes out. Yeah. I might do a little bit of a teaser clip. Maybe, again, we spoke about um, when I interviewed Sheldon Hordenshield. Mm. There was a half an hour interview or something, a 20-minute interview in there. So I just snipped up. I did, a, I think, maybe a little promo that's like a, a reel or a TikTok video sort of thing that mm. gets people knowing, hey, this is coming up. Yeah. And it will be a little soundbite of, hey, that's really interesting. I'm going to make sure I check that out. And then I might put a four-minute clip out on YouTube because people don't always want to click on the 45-minute video. Yeah. You know? So if you've just got something shortened up, again, this is way more content yeah. probably for your producer. You <laughs> know, yeah, that's like, what we do. We've got yeah. the same thing. Like season three now is going to be, which everyone is probably, they'll see the episode before yours, but uh-huh. it's, you've got a full two-hour episode on our, on YouTube, the full thing, because mm-hmm. everyone's been crying for that because it's always been on, yeah. you know, on all the podcast platforms, so it's there. But then from that is produced three like sort of highlight clips, we call them, which are like yeah. s- seven or eight minutes long. Yeah. And then reels come down from those. So it's like yeah. a step-down process each it's time. Just, so much content hey like if it would do is just make a video and put it out then i remember i was just listening to stew's podcast with you guys that it's there's just so much more that goes to it yeah um goes into it sorry that to make it all happen and at the end of the day you're trying to squeeze the most out of it if you've got the content there yep it's up to you and that computer to make it happen. So yeah. Brooke's pretty it. good. Brooke's, Brooke's pretty good at making all that content. I just <laughs> I basically host it now. Man. Brooke just like makes it look. It shit looks mad, doesn't it? I wish. Yeah, really. Honestly, <laughs> I've seen some of your stuff pop up, and I'm just like, when you asked me to do this, I was like, of course again, because like yeah. you know the effort. I could see just from a clip of you talking to someone. You know the audio, the switching of you know putting it out, understanding what it's about. Uh, you know you guys. You can see the effort that you guys are putting in. I'm like, of course, I need to come on in. Contribute, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's the same we see in yours. Like I said to Dan, like you said, of <laughs> being at live events, we've only done it like two two Bathurst events, but we weren't, ours weren't at the time at content. It was, oh, the mm. first one was, it was like the next mm. day we kind of came home and raced out and got it. Mm-hmm. This next one was a little bit more stalled. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your content, because it's a different style to ours, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, holy crap, all the stuff you must have to have at the event, the equipment. And like you were even saying before, having to have the storage space on certain things, internet to get it all up yeah. there when you don't have internet access. It's just there's so many little <laughs> bits and pieces that not yeah. everyone knows that you would, you've got to have there or even thinks about. Yeah, You would have organised uh, realize the organization for that one event is completely different to doing this. Yes. Yes. yes and yeah. You're like, okay, how are we getting in? 
Like yep. who's, are we allowed to do what we're doing? Yeah. Um, you know, what's this going to take? We need to book uh, flights. Yeah. You know, if you're, we're flying all over Australia and the States yeah. um, and want to do more, I'd love to go to the sta- uh, New Zealand, by the way. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, all those sort of things. Like, are we are we good? Who are we going to film with? Are they going to say yes? You yeah. know, are they going to let us put a camera on the car? Um, if it's windy, what do we do about the audio? What's the weather like the day before? Like, if we know it's going to rain, should we really go? Like, it's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, is this an interesting video? Is there something more interesting that we could have done from home that week that will get more views? Because at the end of the day, when you're especially when you're trying to grow, mm. you're like. I need to have the views to make it worthwhile. I can't yes. take that to sponsors if I don't have views. Mm. So I've got to be smart uh, about how I – these early stages are so – and I know you said season three, but yeah. I guess we're a similar sort of period. But it really is important to make smart decisions about all that. But, yeah, going to the racetrack, I, as much as I love doing that, I also hate doing it because yeah. it's it's so much more work to make happen. Yeah. I go to Queensland tomorrow to go to Toowoomba. Um, we're actually meant to be filming with uh, Brody Kostecki. So, yeah, right. So that'll be pretty cool. But uh, Ask if he wants to come on. I will. Ask, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hey, but, I didn't realise that he – did he jump into Speedway, did he? He's doing sprint cars yeah. like Van Gisbergen and yeah, Cam so Cam Cam he, Yeah, because yeah, he just recently left yeah. Supercars, he, right? Well, he just did the test day and he would have gone up to Toowoomba. No, he's still oh, racing. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was yeah. getting yeah. into Kostecki's yeah. mixed yeah. up. Yeah, there was My bad. Don't worry. Don't worry. I think people assume that I know everything about speedway and sprint car racing. Yeah. Um, you'll probably find some questions doing, doing this that I'm just like, I just don't have the answer for you. <laughs> like I really don't know because yeah. it's so hard to be across absolutely everything. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know all the drivers and like, you know, yeah, Brody yeah. that well, but yep. all of a sudden for this event, I've got to be like, okay, can we film can we put a camera on his car? Is his team cool with it? Are mm. they interesting or are they boring as batshit? You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, we've got the same problems. Yeah. That's yeah. so interesting to hear that. That's what people yeah. might not know because not everyone wants to number one interview, but some people just aren't good at interviewing. And it's just yeah. and that's a fair thing because you're athletes. It doesn't yeah. mean you're going to want to be good at it. Yeah. And then we we've started to use the events as a little bit of a taste test to go and talk to someone and see how they respond. Yeah. And you yeah. might've seen that too. Perfect. Yeah. Cause yeah. we were like, Oh, Toby would know. He, he talks we, to these people too. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Honestly, if there's someone I can help you out with to say, Hey, <laughs> we want to have them on. Um, and this is, it's just their makeup, you know? Yeah. And I would hate for them to be putting it on for me. Yeah. yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're trying to show who they are mm. and tell a story about how they go racing. That's what I'm doing. And, I don't want it, that to be fake. I did a video. We went to uh, Mount Gambia um, the night before the Classic. So mm. we are talking before about how big the Classic was for me. Well, imagine racing a couple of hours away the night before and it yeah. finishes late. Well, we filmed with uh, Luke Dillon and this is just an example that comes to mind. This isn't yeah. just him or anything like that. Um, but he was more, they're more than happy to put a camera on the car, follow us around, do whatever. I'll talk to camera. But I interviewed him and he's just a bit flat. Yeah, and you're like, that's it. Like, you know, like that's not interesting. But that's him, and I love that. That was him. Yeah. When I put that out, um, I'm not saying it's great, but I, I'm like, like I might say, oh, you know, can you expand on it? You know, I guess that's asking a little bit of him. But honestly, it's like, hey, if that's you, and that's that's how you go racing, I want the people to watch that and go. Oh, that Luke Dillon's a quiet guy, but when he gets on the track, he's a gasser, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, that's them. When someone's eccentric and goes off and and talks for 10 minutes, I mm. mean, 
other than trying to fit that into a video, it's like, hey, that's you. Like Brooke Tatner will talk to you for like he'll, yeah. his answers will be like a couple minutes long. Like how was your night? You know, he's, sort of yeah. he's, you know what surprised me? He's so passionate all yeah. these years yeah. gone on. You know no, what I mean? Brooke's, like, Brooke's such a good dude. Like honestly, I'm not going to, again, not going to say I know him that well, although mm. our families, I mean, he's a Sydney guy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he, he'll talk to me. He'll give me all the time of day. He, he's just like – those people are so good for the sport. And that's one thing that probably getting a bit off topic, but something that really frustrates me, like Luke Dillon won a lot of races, successful guy from South Australia, um, great sprint car race. He was running third at the Australian title the other week for, mm. you know, like he's a gasser. Yeah. And I mean, if that's him, that's, that's great, but he's not hurting the sport. That's yeah. just, you know, and then you got Brooke Tatnell who's like, who's the first guy you'd ring up to be like, Hey, we need to do this. I mean, he's an older guy now, I guess. Mm. Um, 40s or 50s. But, but Max but, is retired and he's still going. That's what I'm still Yeah, I don't think – Yeah, oh, is Max retired? Max he- hasn't really retired. Okay. Um, I don't think officially, but I think he kind of has. Yeah. Um, maybe he just didn't like the fanfare, so he just let it kind of die. I don't. I really don't yeah. know. Again, but um, last time I spoke to him, I don't think he, he hadn't really retired, but it's been a year or two since <laughs> he raced. So um, there's that. But, yeah, that's one thing – that's what I was going to say With before the- is it really frustrates me that – you don't have to be awesome for the sport, but just don't be um, bad for the sport. Yeah. You know, don't don't be against the media. And on and to be perfectly honest, there are a couple of drivers and people uh, in our sport, and I guess they're everywhere. Mm. And again, that's that's also who they are. Yeah. But when it's like, hey, we're trying to make this worthwhile for you, mm. you don't have to do anything. Just let us ask you a question, or just you know, I don't care if you you want to play the villain or whatever, mm. but let us like actually show that so that we can grow you what you're doing what if no one watches what you're doing all of a sudden this sport isn't what it is anymore so just yeah be open to that and that's why i really really do i love and appreciate the way that uh brooke goes about Mm. racing as a whole not just in the car but obviously outside it yeah have you have you had your camera on matt dumson yet or not no, so again, he's polarized. He's yeah. a bit of a polarizer. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's characteristic. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that they're great to be interviewed. Both uh, Marcus and and Matt, the yeah. ones currently racing. They they they. I've never had them say no. I don't want to be interviewed. Yep. Um, they're totally cool with that. Um, I obviously show different sides. Like if you have a great night mm. and I show that, then you're stoked. If you have a night where you just mouthed off at someone and I caught it and yeah. I show again. I might not show all of it. I'll show a piece of it. Yeah. It's like, cause I got to fit it into a video. It's like all of a sudden you're like that Toby, man, he's an asshole. Like, why would he do that to me? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. you're like, man, I'm not doing anything intentional to you. I'm showing what happened at the racetrack. Yeah. So it's like, Dan, I don't have a problem with you, but it's like, that's, that's you. But, um, there's those sort of things you got to a balance, but, uh, getting back to the dumb's knees, uh, they just don't like uh, cameras on the car. And they're not the only ones, by the way. Like it's almost. Is Brock uh, Hallett another one or not really? No, I've had camera okay. on his car. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I remember that um, a while ago. Yeah. I've had him uh, a few times actually at, um, I know at Eastern Creek I've had, I've been mm-hmm. on his car. I think the first night ever uh, at Eastern Creek, I think I was on his car. Could mm-hmm. be wrong. Might have been he, another one. He, for me, watching Spring Car, like, like, as you know, I've done been a sprint car fan for ages. He's just come out of the woodwork and just, you know what I mean? Like he just came on and just kind of yeah, yes hit his and strides. No. So he's been around. He raced, I think it was Formula 500s for years and yeah. then came into sprint car racing and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, he's just a guy kind of stepping up. Mm. And that's what I've said in my videos, especially after the classic wrapping up was 
he's put in the hard yards. Like they, they've got, again, every team that's successful has got some sort of a backing. Like mm. it costs money to go racing, you know. But they've they've put in just as much um, effort than as what they have money and that. Yeah. And he's just chipped away. And honestly, for the last year or so, like we've only started doing at track videos since December a year ago. So what's that? Not even 15 months. Mm. And any races that we've been to that he's been at, he's just been chipping away. And then this entire, I think at the end of last season, I was like, man, that guy's, you know, mm. coming on. He's sniffing around. And then this whole year, every every race he's been to, he's been one of the most consistent guys. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was probably a bit of a shock to see him win the Classic. But look at look at the, all the results. you got Cody Morosky wins uh, at yeah. Toowoomba. You've got Jock that won the week before at Archerfield. Then, you know, we go um, we go down south and, you know, McFadden's winning, at, you know, uh, uh, you know, Mount Gambia. And then you just can never pick that sprint car racing. Yeah. That's, not, that's what I like gonna, about it though. You're not going to turn on, like it's like turning on supercars and like, you know, Shane Van Gisbergen wins 90% of the races. And <laughs> yeah. this, No, I, I agree this, with you. I this, 100% agree. This is the yeah. easiest way to criticize, I guess. But at the end of the day, what I'm trying to prove is that sprint car racing is so unpredictable. Hmm. I, th- I love, I mean, I love, just about everything about sprint car racing. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that I don't like, but um, <laughs> that can be changed. But man, I love that sprint car racing. You just never know what you're going to get. Yeah. There's, there's no sport like it. Honestly, the only other motorsport I can think that is like sprint car racing, as far as like the entertainment and un- unpredictability. Um, is that a word? Unpredictable. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's <a> word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting mixed up. Um, but honestly, it's probably MotoGP. Yeah. Like yeah. you can turn that on and be like, yeah. oh, that, uh, you know, Mark has just won by like 10 seconds. That wasn't that great. And then like the next week you're like, he ran fifth and they were just dicing around everywhere. You just never know. Yeah. Um, and that's what the big aim for Sprinker Hub is to be like, every race is awesome. Let me show you what happened, you know? Yeah. And unfortunately we're just two guys and we decide to follow one or two guys that night. Yeah. And, and what we show of, you know, one driver of 50 drivers that night. Imagine what you, what is actually going on at the racetrack. Yeah. What so. made you just like when you were top, was it 2018 or 19 or when do you retire with the injury, your eye injury? Yeah. So. Cause you try to come back too, didn't you? At one stage, like you were hoping to oh, maybe yeah, get yeah. cleared. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So you've done a little bit of research, uh-huh. I guess, but I, I, <laughs> I, my last season was 2017. So I raced for seven seasons all up. Yep. Um, you're fresh out of go karts too when you did your first one. Yeah, straight yeah. straight into sprint car racing. That was, I mean, you spoke about Formula Ford, and yeah. I guess it's Formula Four now. Yeah, yeah. Formula Ford. Yeah, it's Formula yeah, Ford. Yeah. So uh, that was the thing. Like you either went from go karts to the, the, the asphalt route, yeah. or you went to. I mean, not many went to speedway, and I mean, we're a speedway racing family. I was like, again, I wanted to be the 16 year old that races against Steve Kinzer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it didn't like. So many other guys went that route and I raced with, you know, Chaz, you know, mm. Mostert and Scott McLaughlin and Cam Waters and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But it just never interests me to go to what they were doing. So, um, no, I went to sprint car racing, raced for seven years, um, had a couple of uh, months stints that I raced in California, which is pretty cool. And then uh, during basically the last couple of years, I've always suffered from like eye problems. Okay. Um my vision's never been good. I started kindergarten with glasses. I wear a contact now. Yeah. My right eye. But uh, around the, was it 27, uh, 2016, I actually 
Is it a family thing though with your eyes or is it just, no, just more no, so? No, I think, got... I mean, how many people wear glasses and yeah. contacts I've these glasses. days? Yep. I'm yeah. Them right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's honestly, it's just yeah. um, for whatever reason, uh, people probably notice that my brother and I mm. <laughs> wear glasses. But um, yeah, I had a pro- problems with my eyes that I've always kind of put in the back of my mind uh, for forever, mm. um, all the way through school. There was a period where I didn't want to wear glasses, you know, I couldn't even read the whiteboard or yeah. chalkboard or whatever um, <laughs> at school, you know, copying off kids next year and stuff like that. But I just, I didn't want to wear glasses and then obviously I need to wear glasses. And then uh, I had a couple of crashes actually that um, that are on the internet. Um, mm. Oh, in sprint cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had one that really. Um, the big flip con- into the fence, that I had, one? Yeah, I had one that went into the fence with uh, uh, Jackson Delamont, I got in contact with, and then I went to hospital that night. It was a few times I went to hospital, but. That night, I remember I got out of the car and I was pretty, you know, shaken up, like, you know, dazed. And then I remember I couldn't even read my phone. Like I was like, like it was too blurry for me to, yeah. for me to read. And um, was it that night? Uh, no, there was another crash as well. Um, I think I drove to the racetrack. I drove the transporter to the racetrack and yeah. I was like, hey guys, I can't drive home here like my eyes are no good you know they come good within a day or something but um yeah there was a basically around 2016 um i think it was january 2016 it was a like my eyes uh basically i got glaucoma at some period where the basically it's what like a 60 year old would get yeah okay it's it's, um your eyes are deteriorating and i'd get um high pressure Mm. and uh to get a little bit technical because i'm was young or am young hmm. and my immune system works well, uh, the, the, the pressure in my eyes for whatever reason would, would build up and there's not much that they could, could do about it. Hmm. I was having like pretty heavy medication daily to bring the pressure in my eyes down. Yeah. And it was the side effects of that was making me, um, really drowsy and lethargic. Yeah. So I'd, I have a full-time job. Hmm as a fitter and machinist and I'd be at work and like, you know, just absolutely rooted, like so tired. And then it was like go racing on the weekend and this medication, not that I really have told a lot of people, but you're not meant to have when you go racing and mm. I'm racing a, you know, 900 horsepower sprint car. Yeah. It's like, what am I doing here? You know, so I'm either in pain. It was like having a migraine in your eye. Like it was that painful and your eyes, um, my vision was like pulsating. Like imagine yeah. it was like yeah. looking oh, at. While you're driving, so you're getting that G-force well, too. Well, just like if I, if the, if the medication wasn't doing its thing. So I realized, well, if I'm going to go racing, I can't take this medication. So mm. I, I would taper off it for the weekend to go racing. Yep. Um, and this was around a period of my career that around 15, 16, that like I was kind of coming on pretty strong and getting some good results. Yeah. That's when you podiumed and, with your brother, didn't you? Was that around uh, that time? Yeah, was that-, that was, I think 2014 or 15 was, um, I had a, I was a couple of podiums I had with Roddy. Yeah. Um, there was, oh, there was one in like 20, oh, 2013, mm. 20, no, twenty the end of very Boxing Day twenty twelve. Yeah. Uh as actually, yeah, just over I think I'm getting the dates right. It's just over ten years ago. Yeah. Uh I'll find that footage on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ten years ago that I, I I was on a podium with with Roddy. Um and then there was another time with Jamie Veal in twenty fourteen or something. Mm. Um, was the season opener. But um they're pretty cool moments to to get a podium with your brother. But um yeah, no, I was coming on pretty strong where like I was feeling good in the car and having good results. And then 
I had these eye problems at the same time. Um, and again, I don't want it to be like a sad story or anything like yeah. that, but it, it kind of sucked at the time. I remember it was January 2016. That was my second last year. So you got to remember this speedway racing calendar is like cricket. Yep. Yeah. During the summer months and January, obviously being the busiest period. Um, personally, it wasn't great. Uh, my girlfriend and I had just broken up in January. And then I remember having to go to, uh, that weekend was the Scott Daly challenge. Yeah. So like the, it was I like the, that race, by the way, it was the busiest period of the year. Yeah. So I was struggling with my, my vision has never been great. Although I wore glasses and even then my vision isn't great with, with glasses. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's not like you put glasses on and maybe it's perfect. It's yeah. really, it was, it's not. And, uh, you know, so again, putting that in the back of my mind, Girlfriend and I broke up, wasn't really in a great, you know, frame of mind. And then then we had the Scott Daly Challenge. I ran fourth that weekend with like I ran 100 cars or something like that. Yeah. Brad Sweet ran fifth. That's yep. probably the best way to put it. Was, you know, it was a great night. Yeah. Um, and then we had the Classic the next weekend. I got quick time there. And then the next, uh, there was a midweek race. Then there was the next weekend was the Australian title. So mm. what we just had the other week at Perth was in Warnable. It's in Warnable mm. next year too. And I ran 11th out of like 110 cars. So again, great. But there's actually a photo of me getting introduced to the crowd and I'm waving and you can just see my eye. It's like red as, and I look like, you know, I've just been in a fight or something. Yeah. And it was just the problems with my eyes. Mm. And um, during this time, did any of your family or anyone in your team and that that you were running know what you were going through? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knew what I was, like, going through. And but did they knew that you were on the medication as well and everything? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was called uh, yeah. Diamox. So yeah. it's meant to bring you – and, like, I wasn't having, like, you know, a little bit to to help. It was like I was having, like, I think it was, like, four of these tablets a day or something Shit. to – and that's what the doctor wanted me to yeah. it was It was basically, like, imagine having – extreme doses of Panadol for a headache and then you're like, all right, now I need to take the next thing because this yeah. isn't doing its job. Put it, put I was going to say for Mersendol, for, like, yeah. I've got endometriosis, so like the things like Mersendol and these other really heavy tablets they can give you yeah. that I've had uh, over the years different things they've given, I know, and it knocks the shit out of you. Yeah. That's what I was like, did, was anyone effects. ever concerned about you racing? With oh, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for me though, it was always up to me um, to do what I wanted to yep. do. And, and I guess as I've gotten older, not that I definitely don't care about racing less, but mm -hmm. got more realistic with things. Um, so no, they were like, you know, you sure sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm going racing. Like it's, it was basically move everything around to go racing. There was even in my last season of racing, I had a crash at Parramatta off turn four where I broke my collarbone and we still drove to, I drove in the truck with the other, uh, one of the other guys, um, down to South Australia that weekend. To still race. And, and ran terrible. But I was yeah. like, I'm here, like I'm I'm going racing, you know. So yeah. um no, I was I honestly, not to sound like a stroger, but I genuinely you know, dedicated to to, to go racing, racing and, yeah. and, and put everything into it. But but yeah, uh the eye problems, um, you know, to finish up, I ran eleventh at the the spring car title. Again, great event, but I was really struggling with my eyes. Um as I put in kind of two different boxes. There's the the vision and then there's your health. Yeah, mm -hmm. so the vision wasn't great, but it wasn't any real worse than it was ever going to be. It was just the health of my eye was actually like, hey, you need to do something about it here. Yeah. Otherwise, 
you're going to have major problems. Yeah. So it was, I think. Could you that, potentially go blind in that eye though? Or oh, not? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So they were saying like your retina can detach and stuff and basically you've lost all your vision. So it was, a. I think it was, uh, I went to the specialist, which I've always seen specialists um, my whole, well, for the last, you know, 20 something years. Mm. Um, different specialists moving around the city and stuff. But uh, it was a few days after that that I saw the specialist and he was like, you need to have surgery like ASAP. And I think it was two weeks later um, after, you know, my last race that I had um, my first eye surgery where they had, they put a hole in your eye to basically drain the fluid to relieve the pressure. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, that was huge. And then I think I did a couple of races maybe at the end of that season. Um, And then to wrap up like, or to fast track, I guess uh, I raced the next season Hmm. And what at, year was this? This is so that was 2016. So then the next season would have been 16, 17. Yep. And I raced that and we weren't as strong. Um, obviously, I'm, you know, still having eye problems, but I had had the surgery and it was like, you know, it's all good. But uh, almost a year to the day, I had to have the surgery again. And 2018, but that? I know that would have been 2017. Yeah. Okay, so yep. February 2017. Yep. And then uh, I think it was the, I finished that season. Uh, no, I had a. I didn't race much towards the end of that season. Um, I don't think I raced again. Actually, I might have done one or two races, and then there was actually a period. There was one race at Parramatta where uh, it was too hot to go racing. I don't know if you ever remember oh, that. I think like, I did. Oh, spring okay. car racing gets rained out, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. The weather, it, yep. but it was the only. It was like March twenty seventeen, I think, and it was. 50 degrees that day oh. and the Friday we actually had a guy a that was very, Scott Darley wasn't it or not no, no 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 it was a it was a very um it was obviously stupidly hot but uh we had a guy uh coming to help me that weekend hmm. uh who's a very well-known crew chief within spring car racing yep and we had him coming up on the Friday uh from from where he lived down south and I picked him up from the airport and while he was in the air they had cancelled the racing on for the Saturday night oh, and no. I that was the last couple of weekends of the of the season. Yeah. So we really wanted to just try and kind of sort out some of our problems and finish off strong. And I was going to – our next race was like that was the end of the season, so we were going to race in Darwin mm. in August. And uh, I remember – I never raced again was, was, was what I'm getting at, but I remember mm. going to um, – we were planning to go to Darwin and we were working out what it was going to cost and the logistics of it all. And I remember just having to – to explain to um, my parents and and uh, everyone on the team that like, hey, I, I actually can't really see that well anymore, and my my vision basically the health of my eye was okay, but it wasn't clearing up like um, as a as a I guess a bit of a compromise was was my vision wasn't was a little bit blurrier, mm. um, and I was like, hey, I can't actually um, see that well here, mm. um, and then. I had to have the same surgery again, or very similar anyway, the next February. So like three Februaries in a row I had this surgery Holy where they put the a same hole in my eye. Yeah, wow. and then I also uh, had cataract surgery in the June where they take out your lens and put an uh, artificial lens in your eye. Wow. So I've had four surgeries on my eye. Um, that was the other thing was because my immune system works well, this hole that they put in your eye to drain the fluid, Imagine it like an orifice to like slowly drain over time, you know, to keep it at that 
pressure. Mm. This is the best way I, I know it is, uh, I know this is probably getting a little boring too, but basically no, 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 they, <laughs> my, my immune system works so well that it wanted the scar tissue would want to heal up my eye and block the hole. So every time they were doing a surgery was to basically clear it up. Yeah, you know, right. again, if a 60 oh, yeah. year old has this surgery, well, then it's like one and done as far yeah. as I know. But it was like causing a problem for me because um, it was kind of healthy, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's honestly, that's probably the best detail I've ever explained kind of everything that's happened um, and why I stopped racing. But it, it, my eyes affected me my whole racing career or my whole life. Mm. Um, well, even back in go-karts when oh, we were yeah, racing yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Sure. I, I – um, I think I won one of my last go-kart races in Albury was mm. the week before I got glasses again, which would have been 20, oh, I'm trying to think, 20, uh, 2009 or something. Mm. Um, and I knew I needed glasses, but um, I just was a kid and I was like, you know, I was like a teenager and didn't, I didn't want to be the kid with the glasses, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah I've always had problems with my eyes. I, like I said, I started kindergarten with glasses. Mm. And, um, again, even when I wear glasses or, or contacts, my vision still isn't 2020. It's just a lot better than what it was, what it, what it would be without. So, um, did you do dirt carts and sprint? Uh, so I raced dirt carts from when I was like seven to 12 Yep. and, you know, just pretty much locally, there's a track in, in Penrith Nepean, and, yeah. and Gosford and, um, honestly that, that was all great. And I remember coming to, to race asphalt carts. And just getting my ass kicked. I raced a couple of times on asphalt carts throughout that from when I was 7 to 12 mm. and just couldn't grasp it. Like I was used to going sideways and, mm. and stuff and it was and I was doing fine in dirt carts and honestly winning most of the time between our little club championships and stuff. But as for, as for uh, going to, to asphalt carts, it's just a totally different ball mm. game. Um, race, Did your brother racing. suggest that and your dad? Or no, was it, it was or just was it- me. Honestly, it, it sounds, again, I don't want to sound like a stroker, but at the time it was like, all right, I'm doing this and I'm doing well and it's like, okay, but I'd really like to do this other thing that yeah. people keep talking about and seems really competitive, a lot more numbers, a lot more racetracks. Mm. Uh, my brother and – yeah, Christian, been, they, did, they yeah. did CRK together. Yeah, they yeah. had all raced, you know, and I never really, again, I'd done a couple. I did, you know, I got my license at Eastern Creek. I'd practice every now and then at Eastern Creek on, yep. uh, on asphalt, but I never actually really, I'd, other than maybe a couple of races mm. and they didn't go well, you know. And I remember uh, it was 20, was it? yeah, uh, from when I was 7 to 12, so I'm trying to think what years they were. Mm. I had um, to pick you and Darcy up and to get a port yeah, of once too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember that. So 2007 <laughs> I decide, hey, I'm not going to race dirt carts anymore. We'll race asphalt carts. And if you're going to do it, you need to like really hone in on the skills that it takes to do that. Yeah. And I remember showing up. It was my pretty much my first race of doing that and it was the uh, – Australian sprint cart championships at Eastern it's, Creek. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember there was a 46 cart field and you need to make the top 40 to make it into the final. Yeah. And this is my local track. Like yeah. the only track I've ever raced at basically yeah. on asphalt. So it was like, if I'm going to make it, it's like, it should be, should be at Eastern yeah. Creek. And I think I ended up, you know, I was like so much slower. Mm. Um, and I ended up being 41st, so I did make the final. Oh, so as a yeah. – to, to give it perspective and some context of kind of what I was dealing with, 
Yeah. It was like you'd not like nowhere near. This is the best case scenario where yeah. I should go the best. If I didn't go good here, I wasn't gonna go good anywhere else. Yeah. And I was like, wow. So then uh just stuck it out and and raced carts, you know, kinda on asphalt for as long as I could and mm. we got some wins and Yeah, you honed stuff. in on it towards the end. Did, oh, yeah, did you yeah. have Andy help you out? Or? Yeah, yeah, I had a different like a bunch of different people help me out in the in the few years that I did it because I would have been uh yeah, 12, 13 by that time. So I only raced on uh, asphalt carts for like, what, maybe three years, two mm. or three years. And um, by the end of it, the end of 20, 2009, uh, so what's that, a good like two and a half years later, we had the same race but the Rotax Nationals at Eastern yeah. Creek and yeah. I ran fifth. Yeah, right. Um, so, again, to give it a bit of context, it was like from a from a period where I was like nowhere yeah. to then racing, I guess, a, a – you know, uh, much faster cart mm. a couple of years later um, with the same kids and stuff. I, yeah. I'd, I'd moved forward a lot, but um, not long after that, it was like my focus was to um, to look at going to spring car racing. Did you so, ever? Did you ever see your dad race or just? Your I brother? definitely did. Yeah, but I don't really remember it. Oh, like okay. I, I, I know that there's kind of like vague memories that yeah. are almost like made up in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, that's like, did that really yeah. happen? Yeah. I've got little memories of maybe walking up to the hill at Parramatta. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you're so young, you don't even know what's going on. But um, do you remember his car and his shop, not you and your brother's car? Like, do you remember when he nah, had his plan? No, no, okay. no, no. So, so you were too young by then. Yeah, so I think people think that's kind of like sad or something, but yeah. I'm like, oh, it is what it is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I just don't, I was too young. So, yeah. um, no, I know my brother definitely would. He's five years older. Yeah. Um, but no, that's, um, that's kind of. I guess a little bit sad, but um, no, we definitely had a lot of sprint cars and race cars around the shop anyway to, yeah. to not really worry too much. Did, but did your, your dad, be like being like the who he is, did he get you, did did he make you just basically fall in love with sprint cars? Do you know what I mean? Like, cause in the, yeah. in the old 60 minutes interview that I've watched, yeah, he, yeah. he was kind of like you back in the day. Like he just yeah. loved it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But dad's come from a really different um, uh, life from when he was younger. Like mm. my dad grew up with like no money whatsoever, living in housing commission and stuff like that and mm. and build a business with his trade of being a panel beater and a spray painter mm. over the years. And I don't think he raced until he was well into his 30s, Yeah, started racing. So um, to to kind of get to where he was was it was a big thing. So then when we started racing, mm. it was like, it wasn't, we didn't have to do that. We were already, you know, yeah, into racing. Yeah. We raced carts. So like the idea of my dad racing a go-kart when he was a kid, like, yeah. are you kidding? You know, so he didn't have nothing, you know, he yeah. didn't have, I don't, from what he says, you know, he didn't have hot water or a TV, you know, or a car to, yeah, you know, right. so, um, so different, you know, totally different, gr- um, uh, growing up, uh, lifestyle, but, um, but yeah, no, the, a dad definitely got us into racing. He loves it. Mm. Um, but there was no forcing of doing it. It was yeah. like, if you want to do it, let's do it. And it's only, it's only crazy now when you, when you're older, you actually realize how much time and effort and money to do this stuff takes. And to think that my parents had a business to run and I'm one of six kids. I got four sisters mm. and, and my brother. And then, you know, the time I wanted to race, uh, you got to remember he's five and a half years older. So when I wanted to race asphalt carts and go everywhere, everywhere, mm. every weekend, mm. my brother had just started racing, you know, spring cars around yeah, that time. So that it was period. just like such a hectic time and, and we certainly didn't go without. So it's only, uh, again, I still love racing, but I, I, I'm a bit more realistic now to realize, Hey, like this takes a lot out of a lot of different people, not just yourself wanting to do something. Mm. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I realized that when I won the Formula Four Championship last year, doing it as a privateer with Barton Moore. Uh-huh. Like we we basically, in hindsight, was it was a bit like sprint car racing. Like, you know, it's a bit backyard and club racing and stuff like that. And yep. I realized that last year. I was like, I've got to make this time count because I just left a big team in Formula Four to go to a small team. And I basically thought – this is the most time I'm going to get on the track and I've got to make it work type of thing. So I understand from your point of view what you've dealt with to like now realising all these years on like because we're a lot more older what it takes to get all that stuff to the track and move around and having, you know, your brother race sprint cars where you were go-karting. Seeing that from your dad's point of view, that would have been like nuts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Running a business and just this is so much. I don't care who you are, whether you've had a – an easier, I guess, upbringing, if you want to call it that, with, mm. you know, financially or the logistics of it all, where, where you grew up. Mm. I mean, th- there's no doubt that anyone who's been successful has put in a lot of work. Like it's it's not easy at all. Mm. Um, I, I think of how – this is, a, I think, the best way to put it is I think of how guys from, you know, Sydney just or, or Australia would love to make a career in the States. Mm. And then you've got guys who literally grow up in the States to go racing, you know, like how to, yeah. to, to race over there is an accomplishment to, to be, I guess, worthy or to make it, you know, to a period where it makes sense to go racing over there. Mm. Some guys grow up at the races that, you know, you dream of going to. So there's, everyone starts from a totally yeah different um, area. I remember my first night in a sprinker, just totally mind blown of what it takes to drive one of these cars. It, your legs look like sausages, you know, because they're you're strapped in so tight yep. into a sprint car because if something goes wrong, you're in trouble. Yeah. And you, you want to give you yourself the best opportunity to survive, I guess. And and the the speed, I remember having to back off to see the checkered flag to say, hey, that's the end of your session. Yeah, right. Um, I, everything's just blurry. The straights feel like they're from me to you long. Yeah. It's just incredible what a sprint car takes to to drive around and i remember driving it for the first time thinking there's no way no way that i'll ever get a handle on this imagine driving at night Mm. and imagine with uh 23 other cars around and slide jobs and passing and and ruts and coming into contact with them and dust flying around and Mm. pulling tear offs man like there's so much that goes into it i'm just thinking like there's no way you could ever get used to something like this. So getting back to what I was saying is you've you got to understand where people come from. I remember not having a handle on things at all. Mm. And at the end of the day, after, you know, a few years and to get the results and stuff that I did, yeah, I wasn't winning, you know, championships or big races or anything like that. But you're like, I'm pretty proud of what where I started and mm. where I ended up. You well, know, considering you know, like your circumstances, like you were saying, like you were racing Jamie Veal and all those guys, and yeah, you were yeah. you were up there. Paramount, sprint car racing, yeah. man. Like that's that's what I was saying before. You if you they turn up, you got to beat yeah. them. Like yeah. it's that's not, it. you had you had things working against you though. They had you know some people you're competing against have got full health, full everything, yeah. and you've got an extra challenge. Is yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. want it to sound like a sub story either. Like, no, was, I get that. Mm, yeah, I'm fully like I'm got great health other than my eyes that's mm. probably the best way like, but yeah I'm, but see that's ins- inspirational to others who might be thinking oh i've got this or that that's going to mm. knock me out or making excuses mm. you know there's things without putting themselves in danger saying yeah. this but it gives people that way to say yeah shit hang on i can i can do this i don't have to totally give up oh you know? yeah yeah, yeah. No, for sure uh, and that's why 
a lot of people, I guess, don't know about because I didn't even want to think of it as an excuse for me. Yeah. I didn't want it to be like, hey, like I'm that guy who's got a mm. problem turning up but to But Dan racing. did the same with autism. He held that he held that back from everyone because yeah. he yeah. thought he was going to get kicked it's out. Life, man. Yeah. Nah, it's life. Like honestly, you, it's, you know what I mean? Everyone's got something going on. That's the yeah. other thing. Don't think that all these guys, no one's got a problems and it's just you yeah. that does. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess you also got to be realistic as well. Um, and, and it's funny because anyone I talk to about, it, I've spoken with a lot of drivers and stuff about it. And they're like, honestly, man, like once your, your eyes go like, yeah, mm. it's not, it's not even a question that you can't do this. So I think, you know, when other people start to understand kind of what I was dealing with and there's other guys again mm. with eye problems and stuff, but, um, yeah, I, I can't possibly have good vision, you know? Um, like I said, even with glasses and contacts, I just can't. That yeah. just not that's not what my problem is, you know. Yeah. How did how did you come back to making that call and saying, okay, shit, I can't do this anymore? Because that wouldn't have been easy. I remember being at work one day, and it'd been a little period of time where it was the off season, and again, we were planning to go to race in Darwin. Yeah. It's not cheap. Like it was going to cost like tens of thousands of dollars to go racing, mm. and it was like we're about to book everything, and I was just like. I need to, I need to get kind of something off my chest here. And it was like, I don't want to say what I have to say. Mm. But I remember sending a message to mum and dad, like in a group message, just mm. kind of spilling my heart out saying, hey, like I, I hate to let you down. And and there's a lot of sponsors and stuff involved. And, and yeah. I, I was involved with like doing a lot of that with Valvoline and Hog's Breath. Yeah, and you know, yeah, you had a full professional. Yeah, like we we were like there was a, you know, I put as much as I could into. I would go to the gym, or you know, like um, we had a guy working full time for us, and again, we were going hard out with it, you know. And there's a lot of other people that do, but um, it was a lot to kind of you know, a lot invested as well. We just had a, we got a big transporter, and where our shop was completely set up with it all, and and spare parts and engines, and I mean, this shit's not cheap, you know, to to just go, hey, yeah. No, I can't go racing, you know. So um, that's why I was fully committed and everyone else around me knew how committed I was. So it just made everything pretty easy to, I guess, invest in. Yeah. So to then go, oh, yeah, but I can't, you know, it was very difficult for – that's that's probably one thing about me that maybe people don't know is I don't feel guilty so much for myself. I hate letting people down though. Like even being 10 minutes late to this, I'm like, oh, you know, like, man, you'd hate that. You know what yeah. I mean? So, so, or, you know, canceling on someone or doing the wrong thing by someone, I just need to um, kind of look after people. So to have sponsors and, you know, so, there's so much organizing and emails and mm. phone calls and, and, you know, nights in the, in the race shop preparing the cars. And I was like OCD about getting stuff ready, whether it was our car or our transporter. Mm. you know, washing, you know, just everything needs to be mint and to put that pressure on myself and then I guess pass it on to everyone else as well is such a difficult thing. So, but honestly, once I sent a message to to my mum and dad to say, hey, like, because that's how mm. our team set up, was a family-owned team, was, was um, I felt better because it was the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, very difficult to, to accept and, to, that was the first time I've really ever made a call that like I can't go racing. It wasn't a choice. It was a mm. you can't. And it was funny because we were planning to come back to racing like like you spoke about earlier and we had built the cars up and we actually went with a different paint scheme and mm. did all this stuff. 
And I saw it was ready to go with a new paint scheme. Oh, like the next year, like we yeah. were going to go racing. Like, and that was, again, I was like, no, nah, like everything's going to kind of come good. Um, cause I had had another surgery and stuff and it just never came good. And, um, this was like, yeah, so I'd, I'd never raced. Like I'd, mm. I had missed races and we were planning to go racing again. And then I had another surgery and was like, oh, this will fix things up. And, um, yeah, we had everything ready to go. And, um, I just never, never raced again. Never materialized. So, yeah. So just never, never worked out. But, uh, that was what I was going to say was I actually went to get my medical. So to race this ring car, you need a medical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's only one, maybe, maybe midgets or speed cars mm. that you need to have a medical every year. I think every other class is like every two years at most or something like that. So it's an AA license for a sprint car yep. in Australia. America, they don't mm. even worry about licenses. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I remember having to, to go get the medical. I'm like, I'll get my license nice and early. So that way when I do go racing, that's all done. And I went to the doctor and again, my health is perfectly fine. Every, like just, it's not even a question sort mm. of thing. And then it came to the, the eye test, the vision. And it was like, he's like, man, I can't, I can't pass you for that. And I'm like, oh no, I understand my vision's not good now, mm. but if you can just like, sign it off yeah. and be like, you know, I'll, you know, it'll be, you know, when it comes good, it's real yeah. sweet. And he's like, no, nah, I can't like, you yeah, know, right. I guess there's me being a little bit immature or not realistic about it, you yeah. know, um, was like, yeah, you like, this is the one thing that I can't help. No one else can help and you can't fix. So that was, yeah, that's literally the one reason I'd go racing tomorrow night if I could, you know, yeah. if, I, if my eyes were good. So have you, have you, when you had to sell everything, did you, did is people in the spring car scene, is people keen to buy the next like lot of gear or is it hard yeah, to sell? So, I don't even know what it's like. In, yeah. In, so, in, um, in our case, we held on to everything. So again, this is maybe being unrealistic, but I mean, I had so many good people around me and no one better than my parents to say, don't worry, like we'll hold on to it as long as we have to, to go racing my, my my dad said, Hey, do you want to put someone in the car and we can go racing and yeah. you can, you know, you can run Bit like a big seller type of thing. Yeah. 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 I guess. Well, and he still races. Yeah. Himself, but yeah. And you know, you, you can do that and that can be a little baby to go racing and that. And honestly, again, I was so dedicated that I was like, I can't think of anyone that I would want to drive our car that would care as much. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, you could get someone come in and come wreck it and be like, yeah, sorry. See ya. Yeah. And I, that wouldn't sit well with me. And not that I didn't wreck, don't worry about that. But, you know, <laughs> but it's, um, no, I, I also, uh, I, if I was going to put someone in our car, I thought I'd want it someone who, um, could really do with the opportunity. Yep. And I couldn't think of a young guy who probably went to the gym like I did and, you know, spent nights on the shock dyno and preparing his car and, um, just living, eating, breathing, just the only thing you think about, you know, yeah. racing and, and just, and appreciate it like I did. And I'm not saying there isn't, but I just couldn't really think of, you know. Anyone dedicated yeah. enough. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, you know what, I'd just rather it kind of sit there. And it was cool that it sat there for, we set, we kept it for two years. Yeah, right. You kept um, all Everything. Year. We didn't sell. F- uh, actually, I think the only thing we sold was one guy that's been on your episode is um, Sam Walsh. Yep. We had, because we had a massive 48. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> we had a massive 48-foot uh, transporter. Yep. And we had a shock dyno in that, and we had a shock dyno that, I had used um, for years um, sitting in the shop and we mm. didn't need to. Yep. And the only thing we sold was the, um, the sh- one of the shock diners to Sam Walsh. Yeah, right. And everything else we kept like 
I mean, it's a lot of money sitting there. Mm. And uh, and after two years, it was, I guess it took that period for when we would talk about it every now and then. It was kind of like just sitting there. I remember like it was weird almost like just our stuff sitting out the back, just mm. not doing anything. And then there's also the smarter choice to be like, hey, this stuff's going to start aging, you know, not that sprint car racing, it's not Formula 1, it's not going to mm. evolve next week, you know, yeah. and it's useless. But um, it made sense to go, hey, we need to – think about doing something about this. And and I was actually totally cool with it. Mm. The only thing I didn't enjoy, because I sold, again, another area that I would do is uh, look after is selling all our stuff that we wouldn't have or wouldn't need anymore after each season mm. and dealing with every prick that's like, oh, how much for this? Or can I have another photo? Or, you know, this or that? Yeah. Or how about this much? You know, I just didn't want to sell everything that way because we had so much. Mm. Like, honestly, there's B. There was two complete cars, like, you know, and then we had spare engines and other chassis and then all our parts inventory, whether it's in the shop or in the trailer, like it was what, a full-blown Why did Roddy decide to give it up? Did he just feel oh, it was a, a family bit, more thing? He was a little bit different. Yeah, um, okay. Roddy, uh, yeah, so. Like we'll get him on later, but. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He didn't have a family at the time, but he kind of fell out of love with it um, as far as going racing. Mm. I, I was totally not cool with it, but I realized the dedication it took to to be competitive yep and i think roddy was just a bit over it and i mean it's not something that we've really spoken about but i get the impression that maybe he was i would say he was a little bit over it before i started racing but i think that would definitely have added to it like mm. one car is a lot of work yeah and two cars feels like it's three yeah it's it's so much like to to get one car ready and then another it's like but you guys even had Joey at one point. Yeah, yeah, we had a three-car yeah. team for like a month or so. Yeah. yeah. That was when I got my first podium was when he he ran uh, ninth that night and yeah. Roddy ran third and I ran second. Yeah, right. Um, so we had three cars in the top ten that night. So that was pretty cool. But, um, I mean, that was just one of many nights. You know, that was, that was one of the better nights, I yeah. guess. But, um, yeah, it's a lot of work. It really, really is. And when something goes wrong, well, then, you you know, the, you, you got to have the inventory and stuff like that. And then when you – you're not running three cars and you just have, mm. what are you doing with all your gear? You know? So it's, it's just a massive, um, did anyone come headache. on to mentor you? Like did your dad mentor you and Rod or, or is it, did you just kind of go on uh, your own in, in a way? Yeah. Like Joey guess, and did he, did oh, he yeah. give you he advice? Different, yeah, definitely. But, um, as for like a proper mentor, like a full time thing, it was just yeah. your dad telling you, you did a good job or, or yelling at you. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> um, and you know, Roddy and I could relate on a lot of things and there was a lot of things that we were just different driving styles. Mm. Um, I remember I used to do qu- quite well in qualifying mm. and Roddy was okay as well, I guess, but uh, we had different driving styles. I remember trying to, when you first start sprint car racing, qualifying is the most daunting thing. Like you're, you're flat out for those couple of laps and for, th- for 30 seconds on the track, you just don't breathe. Like you're like, <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah. it's so intense. And I remember being like, you know, like, if it was if there was qualifying in the format, like I was up the back, yeah, and it was just yeah, just not did not look forward to it. And I talked to Roddy, hey, like, what do you do, sort of thing. And he's like, man, you just don't lift, yeah. And you're like, oh, all right, like, you know, I wish there was a better <laughs> answer to that, yeah. And um, when I got better at qualifying, I remember there would be times that uh, I'd be you know two or three tenths quicker than Roddy, and I'd be like, did you lift? And he'd be like, nah. No, like did not lift the entire time. And then I'd be like, I did, mm. you know, like in the middle of the corner, I just didn't, as you would probably know, the most important thing in, 
in racing is your race lines. Yeah. And if I felt that I was compromising my race lines, then I needed to back off. Yeah. And <laughs> And he, and he didn't. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, everyone. We've, we've had Mickey enter the set. Mickey. Mickey. The dog is totally cool, eh? <laughs> Honestly, you wouldn't you wouldn't even know. She's trying to make herself a star of the show. Oh, Do you like, want her on the couch? I don't know. I don't want to upset. <laughs> there you go. Are you, are you sure? You go. Okay, all That's right. all good. Just Be a good down. girl, We're sit. Good. Sit. There you go. Bit of context. You asked me before the show, hey, do you like dogs? Yeah. And I was like, I do get a bit of a rash. I love, again, I love dogs, but yeah. she must I, know because she's staying when, about a, a centimeter away from you. I like you, <laughs> but just don't give me your allergy. Stop <laughs> trying to lick him, please. <laughs> no, she's she's good. So, but yeah. yeah, honestly, just different driving styles. Um, to answer your question about um, who mentored me again, Dad would be like, "Mate, you did a great job," or he'd be like, "You know, expletives, you know, yelling at <laughs> you, um, didn't want to talk to you." And then uh, Roddy. Again, different driving styles and everyone you talk to has got a totally different way that they go about their racing. So yeah. um, that was really cool to spend some time with Joey, whether it was here in Australia racing with us or going to the States with him. Yeah. Um, I, I crewed for him for about six weeks in our winter of Oh, 20, you crewed for Joey over in America? Yeah, in the Outlaws, yeah, in yeah. 2014. So was that nine years ago almost? Yeah. Um, and I just loved really taking in how he goes about his racing. Mm. Um, you know, I think I've read a few books on on – um, the psychology of motorsport and that. And one thing I really realized he's a professional race car driver, gets paid to go racing and you can be so results based when really you should be process based. Yeah. That was a big thing. You know, when I kind of read that and not that he told me, but I just saw that naturally it was how he went about his racing. Yeah. If you, you could win, you know, you could do as good as you want, but if you didn't feel good or, 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 you know, like you're feeling in the car, mm. then you realize, hey, like there's nothing to really cheer about here. Let's we we got problems. We need to be realistic, you know. Or you could run fifth again. You still want to win, but you could be like, no, no, it's all good. We if you feel good, you're like, hey, don't worry, we're on the right track here. We, there's a lot to be positive about. So, yeah, um, you know, there were nights where he did really well, mm. and to know on the in a circle of what was going on at the time, I'm like, man, that guy can drive. Like he's not <laughs> happy right now, but he's making it work, you know. So um I guess So you raced in California for in the off season here, did you? For a bit. Yeah, twenty fifteen. I guess definitely so you, do you and did you engineer or did you crew chief before you roast, raced over there or did you well no, no, just way? uh so again I was having some decent seasons here mm. and I wanted to race uh, elsewhere hmm. and I remember Peter Murphy who is a Sydney-born guy who lives in the States now. Yep. I know he's, uh, Stu's spoken about him on his podcast. He's a promoter now. Yeah. Your family's close with the Murphys, aren't they? Uh, close with, yeah, a little bit of, with Pete yeah. over the years, I guess. Um, hmm. Dad Dad was was close with him. Um, yeah. But I'd, he'd come out here to do some commentary and stuff here in Sydney hmm. and I – uh, made, I guess, friends with him, um, myself and said, Hey, like if there's anything, any opportunities over there, I'd love to race over there mm. because I get, again, I was always the one, I guess, pushing my career as far as I was the one that wanted to, you know, see where it could go because I was the one that believed in myself, I guess, more than anyone. Yeah. And, uh, he messaged me one day. I remember being our, our race shop and he messaged me and said, okay, here's how it's going to work. This is what it's going to cost and this is the races we could do and that. And I was like, oh, shit, like he got back to me. You know, I didn't mm. really think – it was just a little while later too. So 
Um, we were pretty fortunate to make it happen in 2015 and it was a great experience. And the way we worked it out was uh, we would race in uh, California, which is, you know, just one flight over there. Yep. You know, flying straight into Cali and then race for a month, do as many races as we could fit, whether it was a 410, which is 410 cubic inch, which is um, the full-blown engines. Yep. Or 360s, which, I mean, it's a whole other topic, but they're just the smaller engine. Mm. I don't know why how come we have them anymore. Pop, how, how, oh, they're not pop. Do they still race in America but not here? How yeah, they, st- oh, they still race here, not in Sydney. Um, they, yeah. race in, they race in WA. They race in South Australia, Victoria. Why they're do just, they never take off here? I don't know. We had 372s before they got uh, – 410s, which is what the Outlaws run, mm. was what got – made massive uh, by Brian Healy, the promoter here in, in yeah. Sydney at the time. And that's what brought 410s to Australia. So anything kind of before then in early 2000s, you know, all the way before that was 372s. Yeah. You know, the full-blown, you know, all the, you know, the big races and stuff you hear about, they're all, they're not a full-blown sprint car as, as for in comparison to what mm-hmm. the Outlaws run. So now we run, I mean, there are still a few differences and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, as for engines, we run 410 engines just like uh, the Outlaws do. So that we have 360s here in Australia. We have them. They are there in the States. But it's honestly like imagine putting a tiny little restrictor in a supercar and having a different category. You're like, why not yeah. just run them all as the same thing? It'd be like and Super 2 being, on, being restricted, I guess. Yeah, it was – yeah, I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of all that, but it would be something like that. And yeah. it was like – it's like – but they're totally different, you know – the way Class. they drive, yeah. Well, no, no. The, honestly, I, I drove a oh, 360 in the states, and that's that was the only time I've ever driven a 360 was in the states because they have like two. And then, I mean, California struggles a little bit with numbers and stuff, and it's like, well, you guys are like kind of being diluted, like mm. spread out across two categories. Yep. Um, it's just I don't know. It just doesn't to put it in a nutshell. It just doesn't make sense to to have a class that is so close it's like just get rid of it and just have all four tens and be done with it like yeah. the four tens aren't going back to 360 yeah so you just you reckon get rid of it and just have them those everyone yeah. that, that does make sense it's though. just it, yeah i think it will happen eventually actually yeah um it'll be something that does happen because it just yeah it doesn't make sense i drove a 360 for the first time um at a track that peter now actually uh, promotes in hanford in california mm. and i remember coming into a corner so with a sprint car uh, like on the track, uh, I guess it's a little bit like asphalt. Mm. Asphalt just doesn't seem to have these vast differences. You've got like the race line where it's grippy and then yeah. you have the marbles and stuff. But with a clay, you know, spring car track, there's like, you know, different areas. There could be like a what we call grease, like a bit of slop, like it's, you know, a bit wet, like a, almost like a puddle, I guess. Yeah. And then you've got bits that are slick or um, got a lot of moisture. You've got a cushion. You know, there's bits with rubber, you know, all these different parts to a racetrack. And I remember coming into turn one at Hanford and I remember the car just pushing like understeering, coming into the corner and drifting up track. And with a sprint car, they got so much power that you can, um, depending on, the, again, the conditions, you can give it a bit of gas and and pop the, the rear wheels, spin them up and help rotate the car. Mm. And I remember coming into the corner and I'm like trying that technique, you know, um, mm. come into the corner, flick the car left and pop the wheels and get my car to rotate so that I can turn through the corner, not yeah. understeer. And I remember I couldn't do that. And then it clicked in my head after like a lap or two. I was like, oh yeah, this is a 360. 
you know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. have that extra little bit yep. that helps you to do those sort of things to an extent. So yeah. um, honestly, driving a spring guard is the coolest thing ever um, yeah. and a 410 just got that last little bit that scares the shit out of you. If it was 360s were, were the big class, you know, it was like, well, let's just do that. But mm. it's just, to, yeah, to answer your question, there's just no point. Yeah. For having a bit off topic here. Do yeah. you know who the keyboard racer is? Yes. You do? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I wish there was a cool answer, but it's just a few guys that just like writing shit. Oh, so it's a few guys oh, a together, few guys. Yeah. one person. See, see we're yeah. trying to narrow down on this. Yeah, honestly. Are they in the sprint car, like, are they they say, oh, yeah. community? Are they yeah. actually like the drivers or the mechanics or are they uh, just total fans? <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, I don't care enough to, um, to <laughs> not like say it, but it, for, you know, you don't need to go into detail who it is or anything, but it's just, three guys who are in the sport just like imagine you doing it about you know yeah. asphalt you know it's yeah. just yeah. it's three guys who are definitely very involved yeah um, it's pretty funny yeah. oh it's hilarious uh, <laughs> I think no 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 no, no. Uh, you know what <laughs> I, to answer your question it, it may not be just these three guys that's how much I know oh. and I only found out recently actually yeah um, but it's just yeah. It's like discovering the Batman. Yeah, yeah honestly, they do, they do a great job. It is hilarious. Yeah, they actually. Uh, I was in uh, Perth a couple of weeks ago, and one of the guys goes, hey, "Here's a magazine." Oh, so and they gave you a magazine? Yeah, yeah. it's the one that they they brought out for um, Warnable, which is the two weeks before. Yep. And I was like, "Oh, cool! Like, thanks! Like, obviously, it's you, sort of. Yeah. Thing, you know. <laughs> um, but I know a couple other guys. I get sent stuff by one guy. Um, before it goes out, like sometimes, yeah. and I'm like, you're obviously involved. You yeah. know what I mean? And then he'll say stuff like, oh, we're going to do this or something. So, yeah. again, I know it's, it's definitely, and there's too much work goes into what they do with like a, uh, with a do magazine. They, do they do a full magazine. So it's oh, like just a one off thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like for the year. Gotcha, yeah. Um, yeah. But they, they, you know, they rip me off and stuff. And this one guy I talked to is like, hey, can we like bag you out? And I'm like, man, like, go for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if there's people who don't give a shit, like I'm at the top of that list, like, yeah. please, I'd, I'd, I'd be the first person to laugh. I'm yeah. like, let me know if you need some content, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> like on me, you know, rip into me as much as you want. I don't care. So, yeah. um, nah, this, again, knowing what you do and, yeah, they don't have that in tar racing. That's the that's the funny. That's yeah. what that's what makes your community great, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like straight away, Brooks like, oh, what, have you seen what the keyboard race supposed? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Have that, yeah. There's have some that. stuff that like you probably don't understand. Even yeah, I don't I know, understand. No, I was going to say so that today. I, I said to him, we were looking at. I think it was during the classic. We were watching it, and he was putting some funny shit up, like those um, what was it? Yeah. The guys jumping out of planes or whatever. Oh no, that was that was the national. Sorry, yeah, yeah that was pretty Trans funny. His comment about that and the music choices and stuff. I was like, yeah, he's on point. They're on point here, whoever's doing it. Yeah. But there are some I said to Dan, I feel like I'd have to be in the know or something for this oh, joke because yeah. I don't know. But yeah. you don't care. You know, there's things you go, yeah, obviously that, that doesn't apply to me next, I'd, next. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to build Sprinker Hub one day to where it's like maybe like four or five people yeah. to like yeah. we can all so bring can all our ideas together yeah. and, and like I don't get that. It's yeah. like, oh, it's right. This is what it means. Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, post that. Yeah. Whereas right now. It's like if you guys don't know or get something, it's like, well, you're not going to kind of come up with it. So it's, yeah. it's a few guys who are obviously very witty. Yeah. And um, honestly, for for your show, it's like so irrelevant to say who they are. It's just names, yeah. really. But it's <laughs> it's um, they, they do a great they pick job. on you and Matt Dumsey. But like I've seen the video yeah. of the bread thing. The bread thing with Matt Dumsey I, by far. Is I don't even <laughs> don't even know it. Haven't honestly, even seen no. it. Okay, was it recent? <laughs> no, or? It was a while. Oh, okay, honestly, <laughs> like <laughs> I get sent some stuff. Like there was a picture that um I had my buddy Matt take of me. Yeah. Um, because we have a, a partnership with Clayperview. 
Yeah, and, I want to know about this, yeah. And we go to Toowoomba and they've set up a little room for me with a whiteboard that I can explain some things. That's oh, what I'm yeah, 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 that. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So I got, had him take a photo of me like, hey, like check mm. this out. Well, then they've – I'm writing on the whiteboard for one of the other photos and yep. they've just like cleared it. <laughs> And like you know, everyone yeah. sent in examples of yeah. what it would be. My brother jumped on it, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, and if I wasn't the guy, like it was the roles reverse. Like I'd love to like have that laugh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, but honestly, it's it, it's probably helping my brand more than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm not a hundred percent thinking that any publicity is good publicity, yeah. but for the most part, it's like, man, go for it. Like people are probably like you might have. For example, I'm not saying you did, but you yep. might have come across Sprinker Hub because of something that you follow of theirs and saw that and go, where's Sprinker Hub? And then next thing you know, you're a subscriber, you watch your videos, you buy yeah. some merchandise. Yeah. It's true because that's you what know? we say with content creators, as long as everyone's doing it and like you said, there's, there's, there's total negative content that you don't want, but when mm. they're doing it in a piss take way in that, yeah. it can be helpful because that's how you uh, do come across other people on different things. You'll then go and click on their links and go because if they include your link, then yeah. next minute you're there and it's just this whole network opening up. I'm you- almost offended that someone would ask, can we bag you out? Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, like, have I not shown that you can do that enough? Like, I'll be the, I ba- Do you think I'm sensitive? Yeah, yeah. like, my, exactly. My first video, I, like, if you watched the very first video I ever did yeah. about my thoughts on the new Sydney Speedway, like, yeah. I ripped into myself. And the most of the comments that, like, people love the video were like, I love how you ripped on yourself. And that's yeah. something I want to get back to. Yeah, right. I still want to get back to that. Uh, like, yeah. not just yeah. talk about yourself all the time. Because yeah. then it's like, okay, you're just ripping on yourself because you get to talk about yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to do that. But yeah, it's something that was really um, one of the popular things about my family. As the video. show's gotten bigger, though, like, Brooke and I want to know because as our show grows, with the trolls and st- stuff like that, do you just tend to just ignore it anyway and just let it sit in the comments yeah. and all that? So there's a couple of Is different there- ways you can, like, yeah. uh, that I have found. I'm, again, I'm not going to sound like a, a full blown expert, expert, but. Uh, to me, if you've got 10 viewers and one of them is a troll or doesn't like it or is negative, mm. right, that's 10%, yeah. Yeah. And then you got got 100, well, that might be 10 people, yeah. you know. And then yeah. when you've got 1,000 people or, or, you know, whatever, then if there's 1,000 people and there's 100 people that don't like it, it's still the same percentage. So don't – first of all, don't let it get to you. Yeah. Uh, 100%, I'm not going to say it gets to me, but it's – definitely what you think about of those yeah. 10 comments what's the one that you remember word for word you know what yeah. i mean yeah, yeah. it's the negative one one thing i will say is um honestly a lot of the time they've it doesn't have to, like when they're can just completely negative you're like mm. well you just want to say something yeah, yeah. Like, oh, trust you, me, I'll be it, tempted. you know yeah. no no what mm. i mean is they want to say something yeah. because they're getting off on it it yeah. wouldn't matter what you did they're just like can't wait to rip into you for something or yeah. anything just you know clutching at straws just find something that they can do yeah um to feel like you know to complete their day it was mm. like got to tick that box of yeah you know ranting on someone yeah. to make them feel bad it's like okay whatever it's all good but a lot uh, i do get a lot of comments that you like as much as that's, I guess, bagging out my show or what I'm doing, you're like, I wasn't like you either had an inkling about something like that mm. or you're glad they brought it up. And also when there's someone else says the same thing, you're like, that's fair enough. Mm. Yeah. You know, they're t- like you, I watched some of, I've uh, seen some of your stuff on Instagram and mm. you're like, man, that's pro. Mm. And I look at my own stuff and be like, there's nowhere near like the video quality or the audio mm. or Again, talking, I've done that a million times, you know, mm. and you honestly, you probably have, Yeah. you know, so don't, what I'm getting at is don't 
take that as a uh, criticism. Take it as like someone's noticed that. They yeah. might not have explained it to you in a very nice way. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, like you're like, well, you could have just like privately messaged me or something. Yeah. But that's them getting off on bagging you out. I did a video once uh, Easter last year where we were up at Toowoomba. Mm. It was Toowoomba, Brisbane, Toowoomba, and we missed the Brisbane night purposely because we wanted to work on getting my v- content out you know, yeah. quickly. And I was like, I can't do three in a row. Let's just focus on those two. And we did the first night and I was like, I want to add, again, you're trying to add 1% each time. And mm. I was like, I really want to add in some music to help the video roll along and kind of give it a bit of a theme. Mm. Again, have best intentions to make it a better production. Yeah. Again, don't really know what I'm doing, you know, yeah. and had a go. And I had music for some of it, like over the racing. Mm. And I got a f- like a few comments. Obviously, I wasn't going to get them before this, but after that video, I got a few comments like "f off the music." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, like I've put in more effort, and you don't like it. Like the result of it. It's mm. not that they don't like your effort. Yeah, it's that they want to hear the cars. Yeah. yeah, and for me, I'm like, you really want to hear like yeah. the whole time, and yeah. you're like, you're like." All right, like that's cool with me. So it's some of them might have said F off the music, you know, that was a crap video. Or someone said, might have said, uh, hey, I prefer like just listening to the cars. Mm. Yeah. So they both meant the same thing, but it's really, that's a problem with them, I guess. Like with the way yeah, they've, someone's they've communicated. You can say yeah. anything you want, but just do it respectfully, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, don't let it get to you. But I've actually, I try to turn it into, again, like with anything, just try and turn it into a good thing. Oh, okay. Like you, you didn't like that. Like, how can I avoid that happening next time? Are they, are they being like sincere and realistic or are they really just trying to have a go? Mm. Um, there will be things that I disagree with too. Like they'll say, oh, oh I, you know, even when they say that was, that was your best video yet. Mm. And I don't know if that's them being nice or not, but I could not disagree more. Mm. Like some of our videos recently, um, you know, Matt and I have these discussions. I'm like, we have totally moved away from why I started this and I'm embarrassed at kind of, again, I'm just like my racing. I'll, I'll be my biggest critic. I'm like, no, we, we really need to get back to what we were, were doing here. What do you mean by that? Has yeah. so, changed? So I started, um, this is probably a different story, but I started sprint car racing for a couple of different reasons. It was me personally, um, needed something to do. And I also needed to, um, I felt like there was a market for it. Okay. We can go into depth on all that stuff later, I guess, or at another time. But uh, I really, really felt that we needed to show the sport um, or the, the fans mm. what wasn't being shown, um, what sprint car racing was really like. And another big aim for me, again, and I don't feel like I've really tapped into it much at all, is to introduce new fans to Sprint Car Racing. You obviously know about Sprint Car Hub and you don't know that much about Sprint Car Racing. I mean that respectfully. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Because right? that, that's I came through when I met Dan over two years ago yeah. and he introduced me to the sport yeah. through it. And then we, I think. Basically I told her this is the fucking shit, you got to watch it. Yeah, and then <laughs> I, and I've learned so much from him. He's but right. then I said I learned so much through yours. And then, yeah, yeah and that's true. That's so, how you learn. And that's how, you, again, that's how people get brought into the sport. Because like I said to Dan, there's been years now where they've taken it off major TV. So yeah. people lost didn't yeah. lost touch with it or didn't know about it. Uh-huh. And when I was showing I was at Eastern Creek, I had heaps of people going to me, where are you? What is this sport? Like they yeah. didn't even know. And so then, you know, it kind of starts to spread that way as yeah. well. Yeah. So that for, for Spring Guard Hub, I'm like, I want to be the one-stop shop to mm. to show all that. What is a Spring Car? Like 
what is sprinker? Mm. Like you can't tell me you wouldn't have watched that video. Yeah. You know, if I made yeah. a video, what is a sprinker? Yeah. So again, without getting into too much of what I'm working on and want to do, like it's there's so much. Like I've got pages, like notes in my phone and everywhere. Like so much written down, videos, scripts, and all stuff already written. You know. Yeah. Um, but I also want to make it a good quality. Like if I want to talk about what is a sprinker, I could tell you right now, and we could chop that up, and that's your video. Yeah. But I really want to do a, the sport justice as well. Yeah. So it's a big, big aim of mine to. Uh, for sprint car racing um, to to grow it and show it to new fans, not just please mm. the fans at the racetrack. But there's so much, yeah, to answer your question, there's so much that goes on at the racetrack that I really wanted to show the night mm. of what goes on. Like tomorrow night we're filming with uh, Brody Kostecki. Yep. And I want to show like how does he go about his racing? What's different? Like I don't need to explain what's different, but you can see by watching the videos, oh, that guy does this, that guy does that. Mm. Um, his expectations are. Do you think it's good the supercar or? guys are coming to the sport? Oh, like, it's great. Yeah. 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 Like, it's not like, but the cool thing about our sport is like, really don't give a shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that they probably like that too. Yeah. Like BG would, because he doesn't like the limelight like we hear. Yeah. Like, in terms yeah. of all the, fa- like, you That's know, the, great, the media, especially. Yeah. I said, not so much the fans, I'd say. Yeah. We've just heard that he's been burnt in the past, doesn't trust the media so yeah. he keeps to himself a little bit more which yeah. is understandable where the position he's in so i would have thought when he was i said to dan when he was in new zealand he would have really enjoyed that mm. and i said it's also what we noticed like say when we were just at the bathurst 12 hour they're unattainable a lot of the supercar drivers you can't approach the garages you can't sort of get to them so mm-hmm. much mm-hmm. that it's either signing times or this or that and i get there's prep time for the racing and cars and all that where it's just it's just a different environment, Speedway. You can go down yeah. to the pits. You can talk to people. It's family orientated. It's just it feels more like state racing, I guess. That's why I feel guys. in love with it as a fan, though. That's yeah. why I turn up to Parramatta every single week. There's not back one the person at any sprint car event that you can't talk to. Yeah, uh, you know they might not give you much time, mm. but you can't. There's nothing stopping you walking up. Hey, good luck. You know, mm. which that's all you really want. Yeah. yeah, you know, I hate that our fan base probably feels any way detached from sprint car racing when it's really so accessible Mm -hmm. and the power of the internet and what I'm doing, I'm like, let's just, let's just connect the dots here. Yeah. Let's really maximize this. Um, If I got to be perfectly honest and this might come across slack, but Mm. I didn't want to do a podcast Mm. for a number of reasons, but I really felt like, you know, someone else can, can do that. And I might end up, you know, doing that. But what is first and foremost, most important for me is to create something that is completely unique to our sport. I mean, how many, how many different sports or industries have explanations on this stuff? What does spring car racing have? Mm. We don't have it. And I guarantee you, I'll be the guy to do it because I, I've, I'm so passionate and can't wait to do it. And if and I don't try to uh, pretend I'm an expert either. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know, mm. um, which probably not a good thing to say. Yeah, but it's 100 percent true. And there's a lot of stuff I don't know. And at the very least, I'm going to go get the answer. You know, if you want to know what's it cost to own a spring car, well, if I don't know that off the top of my head. Well, I'm just going to go find out. And over time, you probably notice you started to build up some contacts, yeah. some relationships, and things start to really roll on. And now, I mean, I've interviewed the, you know, and spoken with and had cameras on cars of the best drivers in the world, mm. um, anyone and everyone. Actually, the only reason I actually know Brody yeah. is uh, last time I went to Toowoomba, he came up to me, hey, Toby, how you going, mate? And I was like, 
I actually didn't know who he was. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, um, right. and again, not going to make him out like he's some yeah. know, Super, big yeah. superstar. Yeah. But he's an everyday dude. Cam yeah. Waters yeah. is, um, you know, I'm sure Shane is and everyone's an everyday dude. It's actually the fans who put them on a pedestal or in different tiers to, you know, don't do that. You know, just they, treat they, them like normal. Are they still using the concussion devices on the helmets now? Or that, yeah. is that stop, they, they're still going with that? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. So there's a lot. I think there's some more stuff that's meant to come out about that, and I've got some more stuff to put out about it as well. But at the moment, yeah, yeah. Do you reckon they should move it? Do you reckon? Do you like the thing on the helmet, or do you reckon it should be a device on the car? To answer your question, no. But I love that they're doing something about it. Like, yeah. like be proactive. Let's yeah. let's and th- I guess they're trying to make out that they're being proactive. Mm. But the way they've gone about it, well, no, not. 100%. And I'm not saying it's all bad. Mm. And it's also certainly not a personal thing either. Mm. Like some of the people that I've made look a bit ordinary in some of my videos, mm. um, I've spoken to in public. Yeah. You know, since it's, you know, and I'd imagine I was bagging out something that you were doing. Like yeah. it's not a personal thing. It might be, you know, how you're going about it though. Yeah, mm-hmm. Alex always so, on here and he was pretty blunt about what's happened and what, yeah. and what he's part yeah. in and everything as well in yeah. testing the helmets. Like uh-huh. he's talked openly about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what we got down to is the fact, like you said, it just wasn't – uh, my big question was because you see this in fight sports and everything, there's all different concussion rules and everything, and we were saying in it, what was their plan with these things? If you get three hits or you get a hit and it goes red – well, who makes the call? The doctor, this, but then they wipe their hands of it and then there's no medical call from there to say who's going to, you know. Whereas uh-huh. in fight sports, you get a certain amount of hits that you, you're out for a certain amount of time or something. There is, like, there's more, yeah. I'd say, clearer cut rules, whereas yeah. there's not with what they were implementing with sprint cars. So that was the problem, I think, at this stage. Yeah, those are yeah. a few different things. I mean, there's the actual... The implementation of it, like the process, the quality of the device, um, yeah, the involvement with drivers and teams and, yeah, just there's a lot of different areas of that that people are questioning Mm. and really should something be forced on you if all that hasn't been worked out Mm. really well? Probably not. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's probably the more the thing. But at the end of the day, if it was done 100% properly, it's still you still question the like that's the implementation process. You still question the quality of it. So yeah. you go, you've gone about it the right way, but it doesn't mean it's a good device. Mm. And even if it's a really good device, have they gone about it the right way? Yeah. You know. So I think if it was a really really good device and it all made sense, then you'd be like, hey, this just the way you went about it wasn't right, but let's push on with it. Yeah. Were the medics though, were the medics though checking like when you had accidents back then on your rises? Yeah. Were they doing that back then for like yeah, concussion yeah. tests? Yeah, yeah, yeah you okay. do all those sort of checks. Um, yeah, I've had a few few wrecks where the thing is, is <laughs> you know, if you get in a, you know, if you're in a big wreck in a sprinter and mm. you're like, oh, I'm no good, man, like they, they go nuts, mm. you know. So that's what scares a lot of drivers to say something. Yeah. You know, when you're a bit worried, I've only probably had one wreck where I've actually been worried after I stopped and you still, and, and like there's different sorts of worry. Like have you had a good knock or is it like you can't move or feel your feet or something? Like that's a, you know, mm-hmm. they're all different issues. But um, you just, I think also the first thing you think of is you want to show people that you're all right. Yeah. Especially if your family's watching, which they usually are. Mm. whether they're at the track or online or, you know, however they're watching, you want to just be like, hey, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. 
And um, but yeah, the, you would if you go to a, get a checkup um, to the ambulance, they would do all those sorts of checks. And if you're feeling secondhand later on, then you go back or go to the hospital. I've been cleared before and been like, no, nah, I should go to the hospital. Yeah, yeah, you've had like fly there <laughs> um, with Mitch Dumsley. He had a small accident, but that was his end of his career really, wasn't it? Like you don't really yeah. – sprint cars, it's awkward. Like the big crashes – You never know. You guys – yeah, it's it's just – it's crazy. Really? Yeah, you really, you really never know what different, yeah, accidents that – you know, I've seen, you know, obviously people being killed, mm-hmm. um, you know, all the way, you know, down to, you know, big wrecks that nothing comes of. So it's um, – yeah, whether it's a uh, spinal industry uh, – injuries or head injuries um mm. yeah there's there's a lot of you know it's, that's life that's that's racing that's yeah. that's what happens but um yeah it's i love that uh to get to get back to to, to the concussion device it's great that they're doing something mm. but yeah the the yeah just the way it's been implemented and also the and i don't want to hold back either this is just yeah. me being yeah. completely I honest i don't <laughs> i don't hold back you know yeah. like i have no reason to i just don't like how they've again talking about how you guys run a podcast and, mm. and try and you know call things down the line. Mm. I, I you try to, but you also got to be completely honest. And this is just me. I'm not holding back in my videos. Yeah, I just I'm not going to go it's mouthing off. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to go mouthing yeah. off at someone because again, that's like when someone comments the like a negative thing. You're like, hey, you haven't handled it that well. Mm. To me, the best the best way I can say what I, how I feel is how I'm explaining it right now is I just don't like how it was implemented and mm. I don't agree with that process. Mm. So there's a lot that needs to be fixed up there. And I'm not a fan of the device for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm like that just needs to yeah be sorted out. Mm. Um, and I think, it, I think it will come out in time. I wouldn't be surprised if it's actually not mandatory um, pretty soon. Yeah. What about you were saying on your, one of your videos that the West Aussies, just to wrap up the podcast, we're coming to end now. Yeah, you're right. I'm <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Whatever. Well, we can go for a while. But um, yeah, you were saying the West is doing just amazing things to spring car racing that the, that the East aren't. And then obviously you had recently that's gone viral in a way, Matt Dumsey getting yeah. not being able to race because of a sticker. Is that because they're taking their racing a lot more professional or yeah, like, well, is, it, is there a certain standard that they're setting? or That series put out a – a statement today on I saw it on Facebook anyway. Mm. Was basically explaining how a lot of that stuff happened. As you know, you got to run the right tire, which is fair enough. Mm. Um, you got to run the stickers because those guys sponsored the series, which is fair enough. Yeah, I don't actually know. Again, maybe I should. I don't. I don't ever want Sprinkler Hub to be the news station. Yeah, I really don't care for it to be news. Yeah, I mean, it's someone like else podcast. That's really. how we yeah, feel. Like, yeah. we, we feel the same. You want to be? How's the best way to put it? Is it? It's content. Yeah, I was gonna say content creator, not a media outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be, yeah that's probably a really good because I've always been a bit unsure of where I'm heading. Yeah, um, that doesn't sound good, but <laughs> it's it's true. Like I don't want to be this news outlet, at least not at the moment. Because mm. if we grow to get to a point where you know everything, then it's like or, or can be on top of everything. Then let's let's do that. But yeah. for the for starting out, I don't want to to do that. So in that situ- in that um situation i don't actually know the full ins and outs of it all mm. and for me like i really don't care like yeah. it's such a non-story but yeah. um it's funny because uh I, I did a video and i've spoken about this on one of my live streams a little while ago is i did a video for the last uh the previous australian spring guard championships at archfield mm. where jock goodyear and jamie veal got into an argument after the race yeah i like that by the way and yeah so <laughs> 
that got a lot of uh, attention mm. um, from a lot of different people. And, you know, Jock didn't care, but Jamie hasn't spoken to me since about it. You know, yeah, like, right. uh, you know, won't talk to me. Yeah. Um, well, till now, even now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, right. which is, which is cool. That's how he's, you know, reacted about it all. Mm. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different incidents that I guess, you know, um, you got to know the ins and outs of before you can, I guess, comment on. Yeah. And I, I really don't know. I've messaged Matt, which, you know, I'm glad to, to be honest, I'm glad Matt said what he said Yeah, about his sticker incident. <laughs> that is again, a non-story. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad that he also got disqualified. Mm. So, you know, you know, he might not like that and the series might not like what I said about yeah. either of them. So it's like, at the end of the day, if they're the rules and he didn't follow them, well, yeah, yeah that's the way he's it goes. still over there, isn't he? In WA, uh, I think he would have come back now. Okay, I think because yeah, he said I it was unfinished business. Yeah, I think he's going back, um, which is fair enough because there'll be a race on pretty soon. I think, um, but yeah, I mean, like the way they go about racing in Perth, uh, they have a to to give you an idea. Um, I've al- I was always told to speak in facts. The first time I ever. Uh, commentated at uh, Parramatta was Chad Nalon was next to me and he's like, man, just speak in facts. Don't mm. just go or, um, uh, you know, yeah. think about, like just talk rubbish. Yeah. Speak with, with truths. And at the end of the day, uh, to give you some facts is the uh, Maddington Toyota Sprint Car Series is mm. the highest paying Sprint Car Series in Australia currently. Yeah, okay. And it's just because they're so isolated that they're very much on their own and they've done a very good job at making their own thing relevant. Uh, a lot of people have worked hard behind the scenes like Jeff Kendrick, uh, Jason Kendrick's old man. Yep. Um, I don't 100% know who's involved with making that series work, but you've also got the the broadcast production side. Yeah. You've got a speedway that is the most beautiful speedway probably I've ever been to. Including what? In America and here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of American tracks aren't actually nice. Yeah. They're just good racing. Yeah. Um, but like Knoxville is a county fairgrounds place that's, you know, puts on great racing, but it's not like it's big and got a lot of you know, yeah. grandstands and stuff. But I mean, it's got a lot of nicer areas about it than mm. than uh, Perth. But as a whole, the whole complex of the Perth Motorplex is just incredible. And it's yeah. something like I just... Did you, you know, ever race there? No, no. no I, okay. I never went there until this last season to do a yeah, video okay. with the Crickies. So, um, yeah, uh, honestly, it's it's incredible. And like, so basically, the the big money series they they can they can put money into their series and get sponsors for it because they've got something to present to sponsors mm. with a track. And then because they've got all that, that makes sense to have TV mm. and the the production side of it all. It's all just. Makes sense. Do you, you reckon know? the East could do that though? Because like we could, we like to the World Series. You reckon that should come back? Or but could not? they yeah. do that now that Motorsport Australia's sort of yeah. they're under that now that banner, which says that they're supposed to now get more funding and everything under that. Well, yeah. eligible for. I say. think it's just really uh, they create a bit of a pathway to speak to government and stuff yeah. mm. because that's been a big problem of ours. Is we're such a rogue sport mm. that we're not really intertwined with with the rest of motorsport so it's yeah. kind of like you're just some hillbillies doing your own thing and at the end of the day really not mm. it just appears that way just because you're playing in dirt it looks like it's hillbilly but it's really it's really not so i think yeah the from what i know the motorsport australia thing i think over time they'll probably be really good in a lot of ways and maybe bad you know 
mm. for people who can't see the podcast, I put that with um, quotation marks because yeah. you might, in the short term, you might think, oh, I've got to spend more money because my gear is no longer certified or something. But it just will bring Speedway as a whole to a higher standard. Yeah. I think that's what will happen. Could be wrong. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think I think the Motorsport Australia thing will be a good thing for us. But, yeah, the, to answer your question about World Series, that should definitely come back. It should already be back. Mm. But it's not back because I don't think they really want it to happen. Yeah, okay. Um, Speedway Australia. Speedway Australia yeah, okay. uh, own and, and run World Series. Yep. And, I mean, to me, the name's pretty stupid anyway, but yeah. <laughs> like that's it's an easy fix. But, but they could they could re they could reinvent it. I guess rebadge it. Just yeah. I, I honestly I can't see it happening. I can't see them bringing it back because they it just doesn't make sense for them to do it financially. Yeah. Um. To to do that, and our sport is so we could talk all night about this, but our sport is so fragmented mm. and in so many pieces that we're not all working together. Mm. We've got incredible amounts of money being spent. Yeah. We've got incredible facilities and races that go on. If you watched the classic, you would have thought that was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Tell yeah. me it wasn't awesome. I was going to yeah. say, uh, Speedway sounds very much like Muay Thai in Australia. Mm. And that's what they talk about a lot, that they're very disjointed and not fitting under a banner. That's yeah. why they can't put together proper, I guess, the fights and the series and stuff under it. And it's not done in a way, say, the UFC's done. But that's the yeah. same thing I'm seeing with mm. um, Speedway is in a similar yeah. way. But in saying that, it seems to be growing and changing in a different rate. Yeah. yeah. Are, is it getting, has it been, has it gotten more professional since you've basically retired? Or you I wouldn't say more the professional. Same? The thing is, is when you're so close to something, you've actually got your blinkers on. Yeah. Okay. You think like you might think something is huge mm. because you're so entrenched in it. Yeah. Yep. When really if you were to step away, you're like, wow, that's such a, you know, splash in the ocean of what's really going on. So I think being around so close to racing now over the last 15 months or uh, plus of being doing at the track videos, mm. All of a sudden, you just think you know, spring car racing's buzzing and all that sort of stuff. And I mean, I'm probably a relevant guest right now because the last two months or you know, ten weeks or whatever of sp- spring car racing is huge for Australian spring car racing. Yeah, but if you're in America, you're like spring car racing is just such a you know, it's dead right now, and and we're waiting for the season to start up over there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all about perspective, I think. Well, the reason I brought that up is because James McFadden and the Napa deal came apart about with the Brad mm. Sweet thing and that was just yep. promoted to the general public. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. people who played the World of Outlaws game that just come back out again know yeah. James McFadden purely because of the game. And yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's like a good point. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just been brought back to the world. Like, you know, I remember talking to you back when we were racing carts and the first World of Outlaws game came out on PlayStation and now years on it's kind yeah. of brought sprint car racing internationally back onto the scene. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I fell in love with it purely a bit more because of the game that I yeah, play on wow. PlayStation. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I, mean, there's great opportunities there from what I've been told was Napa is seriously considering getting heavily involved with, with speedway racing, mm. sprint car racing. Yeah. And we're not in a position, I mean, not that we should, you know, shouldn't do everything I, that we can to have like those sort of corporate partners involved, but we're not in a position to really – present the most professional thing. Like there's a lot of, a sport is so fragmented and there's a lot of things we've got to work out to mm. then go to, to, to have them get involved and stay involved. Yeah. You know, there's so many problems with, um, between promoters, um, of tracks, um, 
you know, problems with presenting Speedway on TV. At the end of the day, we need to be on TV. Yeah. Um, with race nights running, mm. um, you know, having one ambulance and then someone in the crowd gets hurt and next thing you know we're delayed for two hours because they're attending to them. Yep. Um, you've got formats that people can't understand. You can't tell me you understood what was going on at the Classic. Oh, he, that's my commentator over here. But you shouldn't need that. (laughs) Yeah, I know know what you mean, yeah. The best way I can explain it is you should be at the end of a night tell me how the format works. Yeah, Yeah. okay, yeah. And not because it's complicated but because it's so simple. I remember you were doing it on the whiteboard, weren't you, and you were putting up all the different things and everything. I remember looking at it going, Jesus, this looks like a mass class. (laughs) Exactly. It should be so, so simple. So what I'm getting at is there are a plethora of different reasons Mm. of or problem areas for the sport and we need to slowly go through each one and basically present a business case Mm. to potential sponsors. The fact that sponsors are coming to you, like that's getting kissed on the dick. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) that's exactly what you could, you could only dream of. Yeah. Make it work. So the fact that we're not in a position to actually do the right thing by them and actually, I mean, sure, you could take their money for the time being and that, mm. but, I mean, I've had sponsors approach me for my little, for my show mm. and it's like I really want to get better at other stuff before I get involved with, with you know, taking your money. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, yeah, I, th- I just, getting back to it, as a sport, we're not, yeah, we should have a national series. We should sort out all these problems, mm. um, have the teams on board, the promoters working together and have a, a combined, consistent uh, package that we're putting to people, whether yeah. it's your your fans, existing fans, new fans, um, you know, sponsors, all that, mm. and then we can all really move forward. It's all there. That's what's frustrating is yeah. there's all these ingredients, and they're just not in the kitchen. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. they're just they're scattered around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the, probably the best way I can explain it. But I mean, doesn't for me when I was only talking about this to someone yesterday is when there's a weakness or a downside to something, I see a lot of opportunity as well. Mm. And I think for me, like for me to be able to explain a lot of this and push people in the right direction as a content creator, Mm. like it's a dream. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Tab, you've basically reached past the, the two-hour mark, which yep. which really? happens in most podcasts. Yeah. I don't know what time yeah. we started. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. You never said we started, so I was like, <laughs> in my mind, I'm like, I think this is I, it. I was going to say, I was going to say, are we rolling? But I know what Brooke's like. She's like, yeah, when she she's pretty onto it now. She's just straight <laughs> yeah, I missed the clap, but I was like, yeah, well, we'll figure it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. I guess we started. What time do we really start? Do you even know that before we get into the fast five? Just after six, I think. There you go. There's yes. a fast five. There's a five. Yeah, you haven't heard of the fast well, I don't remember hearing it on Stu's one. Oh, no, we didn't do it on Stu's. Yeah, oh, no, we missed that one, so yeah. The Fast Five is basically, it's a basically a game show, Tobes. Um, you get, Brooke can entail us on the. Um, yeah, so if you get more than three out of five right, you get a oh, good prize. Correct answers, not yeah, an you, opinion thing. Yeah, no, no, that's, <laughs> it's like a, like a, what do you call it? Quiz. Um, yeah. Well, you get a multiple choice okay. as well. Choice. So all you're right. going to A, B, C or D yeah, um, bring to it pick on. from. And it's all yours or sprint cars. Yeah. So it's, yeah. we keep it's it all based, around what people do. Yeah. Based on the person themselves. Yeah. So basically think of it like who wants to be a millionaire, but basically you still get a prize, but it either goes really shit. Oh, so really shit or really good. <laughs> depending on depending on how you answer these questions. Uh, yeah, but basically it's just five questions. I'll 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 send you a few and Brooke will finish the, the five off. Yep. Um so the first one is you should know most of these because the amount of you're the stats man, you love sprint cars. Uh, so <laughs> We're, 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 we're thinking at the start that you should get five out of five to get you in perspective. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> in, 
to, to put it, Brooke always gives me the questionnaires before we send to the guests. So I got, I don't know, I get zero, zero, out of, zero out of five. So you should, you should get better <laughs> really? than zero base. Yeah. Yeah, man, I was I was a bit as off. I, as I try to explain in the podcast, man, like I'm really don't know everything, <laughs> so don't have just pick it. You get to pick. You got well, you got one out of four choice. Chairs. Yeah, 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 it'll be sweet. Yeah, throw it at a wall. So it's the first good. one is, and it's a multiple choice one. Every everyone's a multiple choice. So who won the two South 2016 Scott Daly Challenge? Was it? You might know this, but was it a Jamie Jamie Veal? Was it, you reckon you're going to stick to it already? Yeah, well, that, was, that was the one I – well, I know who was on the podium if you want me to tell you it. Oh, hang on. I know there was Carl Hurst and Max Dumsner on the podium and I think I ran fourth. Yeah. So, hang on, but what? it told us – when I looked it wait, up, wait, the wait, Scott Daly – Wait, let me, let me just wait, get through wait. multiple choice first. Okay, all It was right. A, Jamie Veal, B, Kerry Madsen, C, Stephen Lyons and D, Craig Kinzer. So it was definitely Jamie Veal. In 2016 or 2015? Because I said Jamie Veal too. I know, but 2016. Oh. Yeah. See, so I said Veal too. And All right. Let me think now. You got me confused. Was it Veal? I oh, know. See, I got confused Kerry. too. <laughs> it was A, Veal, B, Madsen, C, Stephen Lyons, or D, Craig Kinzer. 2016. Nah. Lyons hasn't won it. No. And Kinzer hasn't won it. Yeah. And Kerry, the thing was, is he was the top, Points. Yep. And he went to start out of 19. Yeah. I remember that. If yeah. this is the year. Yeah. So that's my actual issue is actually what year was the it? The points. So the 17 was, yeah, because 2017 was more. I'm, I have to go off when I was racing because I would have been racing it. Yeah. I have the year of that was my last year was 2017, I think. Mm. And then, so it would have been a year before. And the year before I finished racing was when I went ran fourth. And I remember uh, Jamie and Max. Uh, this is a long answer, by the way. Yeah. I honestly, <laughs> if it's if it's Kerry, yeah. I'd be shocked. But, but it, it, it is Kerry. Is, is it really? It's yeah. What year did I have? 2015? Uh, yeah, what, what, I said the same thing. Was yeah, Kerry. I said 2015, Jamie. Okay, Veal. so, yeah, one of the years he started from, okay, I hate that. But because um, <laughs> <laughs> one of the years he, he went to 19th and he made it up to like, I don't know, 10th or something like that. Yeah. I actually can't believe that because I knew, yeah, I knew I his thought, top points. Yeah, yeah. So I, said, I said the same thing. I said Jamie Veal. So what? It's zero. <laughs> yep. Okay. I have a question though because we had this in the questions. Jamie Veal, why did he never race for Outlaws? Yeah, why didn't he ever race in America? He raced in America. Oh, he has? Yeah. Has okay. he raced for the Outlaws? Yeah, uh, yeah. He ra- he got a – he ran second or third at Chico in California. Search that in the Gold Cup. Oh. Yeah, okay. So yeah, so which, is a, which is a big, like, it's actually not that big of a race, which they're trying to build it up now. That's the track that Larson and Sweet and Kobe Copeland run. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he, he, it's an event that I raced at. That was what I raced at in California, not that year. But he, he's actually run, yeah, I think it was second or third at an outlaw race. Yeah, right. And he's, he's led laps too. Mm. Like, he's, yeah. Don't worry, yeah. Jamie in his prime, like those years. Yeah. yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, he was peddling back. the shit. Yeah. yeah. So, the mid- again, I t- just told you before that he doesn't really talk to me anymore, <laughs> yeah. but I, I, it's totally to the side to me, like Jamie yeah. racing yeah. with him when he was, you know, in his really, really good years and he still yeah. is incredibly good. Like, man, he was tough. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, I thought it was Jamie Neal too, Brooke. I think, yeah, I honestly think the stats are wrong or something because <laughs> I can't oh. believe I got that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should we give a 0.5 on that? Nah, no. Nah. Let's do that. Okay. Got four to go. I'm gonna be right. strict to myself. Four to go. You can you can win a good prize. <laughs> that was coach. honestly, I knew it wasn't wasn't lines yeah. or. Uh, All right. Question number two: 
Actually, Brooke, do you want to give this on? All right. So in what year did Brooke Tattnall become the first Australian to win a World of Outlaw feature? So, I actually don't know this. So is um, it, well, we'll, we'll have okay. to get you four options. Hopefully got, the answers. <laughs> A, 2001, B, 2002, C, 2003, or D, 2004? That's rude. Like you should have them like <laughs> a lot further apart. Tell me like 1990 something. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was. Yep. Uh, so honestly, I thought – let me think. You know what? I'm actually tempted to say 2001 because it's because I know that <laughs> I know, you're laughing. Damn, Dave, you are well, I've said the same questions as you, by the way. So. Is that it right? Was 03. 03. Really? 2003. Yeah. I honestly, I knew it was, yeah. I, I thought it was 01 too because he was in his prime then. Yeah, because, you know, the, uh, actually, it's was a bit silly because I know the Outlaw game came out in 2002 and I was thinking it would be around that year. So now that I think about I don't know why I thought it was 2000. I think it was because I know Brooke raced at Bristol mm. and they raced in Bristol in, in 2000 and 2001. Yeah. So I was thinking Brooke would have been on a full-time Outlaw deal and, you know, and a good ride then. So, yeah, I just, yeah, don't know. So, no, next one. That was got- that was standing for a little while too. Like for yeah. him to be the first Australian driver to win an outlaw race was like that was a really big deal. Yeah. And I think since then Oh, so he was the first one to win a World of Outlaw feature. Yeah, a first yeah. Aussie, yeah. 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 Isn't that what the question was? Yeah. Yep, that yeah. was the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the first, yeah. So yeah. I mean, other than I think Kerry is now the see for only a few years ago they started counting the preliminary features. Yep. As uh, as towards your feature win tally with the Outlaws. Yeah, okay. And then obviously a lot of drivers all bumped up their numbers. Yeah. And I think Kerry's, yeah, Kerry's got the most, which is, which is, I mean, now it's not an uncommon thing. Yeah. Because our our, our, our equipment and our quality of drivers mm. is, is right up there. Yeah. Okay, question number three. This is actually really good. You're actually getting into detail about this question because most people just skip I, through I'm it. trying to probably justify <laughs> because I get the answer wrong. Yeah. Trying to be like, but you know you shit. It's just yeah, you do know you shit though. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question number three. Who won the 2019 World of Outlaws Kevin Gobrick Rookie of the Year Award? Was it A, James McFadden, B, Ian Madsen, who I want to get on the show eventually, <laughs> C, Carson Macedo, who I also want to get on the show eventually, or D, Wayne Johnson? I'll go over that again. Was it who was the 2019 <laughs> Rookie of the Year or who won it? Or was it McFadden, yeah. Madsen, Macedo, or Wayne Johnson? I want to say Carson mm-hmm. because the reason is is I don't know what year he started with the Outlaws. That seems almost too late. I don't know. Is I, that your I, answer? What were, you, what were the? No. I know Wayne Johnson, which seems odd. I, you would have just picked people around that year, so that's what you've tried to. <laughs> I, I just think don't don't second guess yourself. Don't second guess yourself. <laughs> we'll, we'll give no, you this honestly. One. The only reason I said Carson was because I know he's only raced for a handful of years. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the other guys that you would have mentioned would have been around that. But um, COVID being twenty twenty, I'm like, no, he COVID. Uh, James McFadden was the one that. Uh, that was um yep. they actually allowed him again giving you a little bit of context around it yep. they actually gave him an allowance to when he turned up he would still compete for the rookie of the year even though he didn't do the full year yeah okay um i think that was 2020 yeah so uh carson i know would have been around then cuz he's only been running it for like yeah 5 years or something yeah 
Um, and I know, again, I raced with him in 2016 when he, he actually ran a full USAC championship, the midget championship, yeah. which is pretty crazy. And then I know he would have raced, yeah, 17 and 18 around um, uh, the Midwest and stuff like his brother Cole's doing yeah. right now. So yeah, right. hopefully we'll see Cole on the Outlaw Tour full-time as well. Yeah, he's, that would be He's a cool. good dude. Yeah. Okay, question number four. National Association of Speedway Racing, NASA, yeah. was rebranded to become Speedway Australia in what Don't year? Ask me. Oh, God. Was it A, 2008? It's going to be around 2010s because, yeah, go, hold on, go ahead. 2008, 2009, 2010, or was it 2011? Okay, so I, again, try to work I said out 08, my by the way. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> I, the best way I can work it out is I think I had a NASA license as a junior mechanic. That was mm. to get into the pits. And you can only get that from 14, which would have been 2008. Yep. And I'm sh- that was definitely a NASA license, not a Speedway Australia license. So yep. I reckon it's it's got to be 10. Oh, honestly, don't know. It had to be, yeah. I'm going to say 2011. Was that? that was yes. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, sure it is. Because I started racing in 2010, 2011. Yeah. And I want to say that nah, my first license had to be a NASA license. So unless it was like, an, if you did 2012, I might have said that, honestly. Yeah. Well, this is, this is, this is the deciding <laughs> number five. Oh, this, is, yeah. this, is, this means you get a good You prize. need to spread them out. Like <laughs> that last one could have been like 1991, uh, 2001. And I'd be like, this one, bro. Like, <laughs> the fact that they're so close. We're going to challenge people. Yeah. Honestly, like I've got to get it like so spot on. Yeah. Okay, this one decides if you get a good prize or a shit prize, Tobes. Who holds the six lap record at Premier Speedway? Oh, fuck was, was it A? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> was it I'm getting a shit prize. I was on the website going, "Oh, there's the one lapper, yeah. the four lapper. There was the forty lapper in that." And I go, "No, I'll go for the six lapper. That should yeah. be solid." Yeah. Bro. No one knows that bro. shit, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah. okay. Was it A. Max Dumsney, B. Steve Kinzer, C. Donnie Schott, or D. Jamie Veal? Who holds the six? Veal's lap? definitely got the one lap. It's yep. the nine. I nine, said that. That was one eight lap. Eight nine nine seven or something. Um, yep. Which was only a few years ago. Oh, Steve Kinzer, Donnie Schott. You know what? I'm gonna. I. <laughs> I'm going to go Max because yes. he's done that many laps. <laughs> really? Yeah. You did it. Do you know Max is like the old school Jamie Veal at yeah. Warrnambool? Like Warrnambool, it's like it's his, it's his home. You yeah. Know, yeah. So to yeah. Max has like done that many laps. Yeah. I really All don't right. need a prize, but I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> he's got, it's a good prize. Yeah, he's really? Good. I was praying you were going to get a good prize because we I just hope, bought this today. I hope it's diesel because – I'll eat them. <laughs> it's an eat chocolate for anyone home. listening. <laughs> Thanks, man. You didn't have to. Eh? Uh, no, nah, you won. I, I really Honestly, appreciate you coming awesome. out, eh? Like, Honestly, yeah. there wasn't much of a fast five. Sorry, I dragged it. <laughs> no, that was no, good. No, 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 that was good. No. But um, yeah. yeah, honestly, I can see how much effort you guys put into this. Girls, sorry. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 awesome. You guys yeah. are doing a great job. Keep pushing on with it. Don't listen to trolls. Um, actually, know that you guys have got a sweet setup like yeah. it's cool and you go about it the right way like i heard Stu say in his podcast like you guys actually make it as professional as you probably could be yeah um i didn't reply to your email i only really read it to like today to go oh, God, yeah. i don't want to let these people down and then when it's got <laughs> questions that, send them a week before i'm like well i missed that <laughs> end <laughs> um, of the day we're still race car drivers so yeah, as soon as you yeah. said oh it's all sweat i was like trust me man we'll be sweating yeah, yeah. And, the, and the reason i didn't kind of clap you in or just let let you know that we're rolling is because we were just 
had a good convo from the start. Perfect. You know what I mean? Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I um I honestly think that you've done. Yeah, yeah. that was a cool thing because yeah. I and I was like, do I ask if we started? And I'm like, yeah. no. Yeah. This is them trying to get you to do what you get other people to do. Exactly. Because yeah. exactly. I go, I'll chat to them for like five or ten minutes. Yeah. I'll be like, all right, you ready to start? And they're like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll press record because it's usually on Zoom. Yeah. And then I'll be like. Oh, hi. You know, like, yeah. and it just sounds shit yeah. house. And so, I, I, yeah, you guys oh, went about I, We were talking way. about Jace McAlphon and how the way he does Gypsy Tales. And I thought, you know what? Tonight I'm going to do the way he does it. And he just yeah. starts chatting. And, like, yeah. I was like, you were straight into just it. Chat. You were telling, telling us Brooke and I all sorts of stuff. I could from tell the there, a, there was a little, like, it slowly went into it. But I was like, all right, now we're Yeah, because we don't this. use all the front up. When people listen nah. to this, it's going to start in where it starts naturally. Yeah. yeah. Taking, taking off. But yeah. it, I understand why you wanted me to wear the cans now because yeah. I was like, oh, we're actually yeah. – <laughs> cool. Cheers. Oh, thank you so much for coming on, i got to say. And, yeah, for everyone, like we'll put all the links in the um, show notes and that to Sprint Car Hub, especially yep. anyone who hasn't listened to it because we have a lot of TAR listeners. Yeah. So it'll be for everyone to go check it out and to get more into Speedway who isn't. And then yep. for everyone who is, they're, if they're not there, they should be there. But, <laughs> no, thank you for all the content I was going to say that you create because, you thank know, you. it's teaching yeah. all of us. And the more that you said you've got coming, it's just exciting. Actually, um, that means a lot because yeah. uh, the – I, we all put in a lot of effort and to when I meet fans at the racetrack or again, the people I just spoke about within the industry that you respect a lot or anyone really, when they come up to you and say, thank you so much for what you do, all those nights, like it is 8.30 at night here on a Friday night and you're probably like, why are we doing this? You know? <laughs> and there's yeah. so many nights where I'll stay up to whatever time in the morning at home, you know, on my laptop trying to, grind out make a video for that someone's going to see you know later on or, or yeah. content and you think what am i doing with my life like this is just silly you know and <laughs> we go through a lot we go of through that. the same yeah. feelings yeah. and yeah. that you go through when it's uh, yeah. out you feel like there's a little bit of reward yeah um, some more than others sometimes it blows up and you're like how good was that yeah and then sometimes you're just like oh well that's the way it goes but honestly for you to say that means a lot because when when fans come up and say Thank you. I, I, you know, I've had people say, you know, I visit my dad, you know, once a month and the one thing he likes to do is watch your videos. So we sit down and watch him and you're just like. That's awesome to hear. Hey, like yeah. how, you would never have even thought that make it up. And this is someone who's meeting you at the fan day at Warrnambool yeah. and they're from Perth. Yeah. And you're just like, are you kidding? Like that blows your mind. And you're just like, okay, n- you need to remind yourself of that stuff every time you think of how many views you get. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I might get 5,000 views. I might get. 70,000 views on a video. They're, yeah. You know, the we're most. Still, we're still aiming for the big views. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm getting at is you'd, you, either way, you don't know 5,000 people. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. So there are, fi- you might, and you're not getting 5,000 comments yeah. or 5,000 likes or shares or whatever, but there are legitimately just, a, you know, unless someone mm. listens to it more than once, mm. there are legitimately that many people yeah. um, listening. And you need to tell yourself, hey, someone's clicked on this. Someone, someone's given you their time. They actually appreciate it. So, yeah, definitely push on with it. And I appreciate you saying thank you because, um, yeah, it's a very, very time-consuming to put content together. So, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, too easy, Tobes. Well, we, well, I reckon we should easily get you on. And when we, we're trying to get to hundred episodes, and we yeah. want to bring other people back. And Toby, like, hey, we could we go can- on for like seven hours, basically, in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I reckon, like, later on in other seasons, we'll bring you back and. Catch I was going to say, life, do you know what I mean? Um, you know, not that I hate people telling me what to do with what my show. Yeah. Um, because again, I'll take any 
positive, negative comments on board and, and create my, like the music. I haven't completely erased music. Yeah. Mm. On the videos that I have time, I use the music for an intro yeah. mm. and to join a few things together and then I let the cars yeah. do their thing. So I learnt from what people said. I didn't just have music over top of the cars yeah. and be done with it. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot to, um, to take in and learn, but I get a lot of people saying what they think mm. and some are really good ideas. Some are like, I've already thought about that three years ago and I just don't have time yet for that or yeah. we're not at that stage. But honestly, I... I think, you know, even if you, like, I'll come on whenever you want, mm. but there might be something that you might want to get into doing, um, not live videos, but maybe crosses where yeah. you can just do it on, um, you know, I, mm. and I'm not saying you have to do this, but it could be like the monthly or, you know, quarterly, you know, sprint car racing update mm. and just do a, do a Zoom call. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Again, yeah. I, there's a. There's all the, I'm sure you guys have thought about all these different ideas too, but, um, the best thing, one of the best things I ever did Mm. was branch out into those other areas, a live video. My live videos are super beneficial for me to connect to my audience Yep. because when it's live, you're like, I'm there now. Like how much more exciting is live, you know, to know this is going to go in two weeks. It's kind of like, it's, it's, it doesn't mean the quality is not there, but the relevance of it could have changed. So, um, you know, live videos was massive for me. The merchandise side. Mm. Um, going to the racetrack and selling stuff was huge for me. So yeah. definitely all I can say is I never ever intend on intended on doing a podcast. Mm. And when we get to, you know, the size that I want, mm. I, I'm like, I need to do a podcast. Yeah. It will be a really good thing. Yeah. Um, probably not the style as far as like, you know, the background story sort of thing, but mm. more of a relevance sort of thing. Like, oh, someone want to race on the weekend. I need to interview them for yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really think that's something that I'll step into. Basically what I'm getting at is don't rule anything out. Yeah. Because Agreed. Um, yeah. 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 Got the uh quality here. Yeah. Push on with it. Make the most out of it. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Dave. Awesome. Thanks, Toby. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can also find the full episode and highlights on YouTube. Yes, you can see your favourite guests and us on camera. All the links are in the show notes and don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We'll see you next week for another awesome episode.